Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we give you a behind the scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. And we are back. Back in the saddle again. It's not how the song goes. How does the song go? Well, it's a, are you thinking of the, the Aerosmith one? No. Oh. I'm thinking like an old Western song, like, back in the saddle again. Oh, no. He's back in the saddle. Did I make this song up? I think you did. Yeah, you definitely did. So There's I took an a Aeros- saying and turned it into a song? You did. There's an Aerosmith song. I don't know if it's back in the saddle, though. He says, I'm back. Yeah, back in the saddle again. Yeah, Gene Autry, back in the saddle again. I'm back. Do you think I could play that song? Like, do you think no. it's old enough? It's no. really old. I don't think. What does that have to do with the, if you could play it or not? Yeah, I mean, like. Are you saying they're simpler people? Like, all songs are simpler because they're old? No, I just say I don't think people care anymore. Like, it's off copyright. Oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah. Like actually physically like play the song on the computer. Yeah. Aha. Well, if it's free to the people. Uh, that doesn't work that way. It doesn't? You can't just play something on air because it's on YouTube. Well, you are. <laughs> well, this is, uh, remember this? Gene Autry? I know who Gene Autry is, but I don't remember this song. He sang a song called Back in the Saddle Again. <laughs> yes, I, you said that. I would play it, but... Um, but we're worried that Gene Autry will come after us. <laughs> From the grave. His estate. Gene Autry might climb out. His skeleton. All right. I'm not going to play it. Okay. It's not that important anyways. <laughs> but we are back. Yeah. Another episode. This episode comes out after we've already seen Star Wars. But we the haven't Rise seen it yet. Skywalker. Because we usually record on Thursday nights. But we're going to see the movie on Thursday night, so tonight right. we're recording on a Wednesday night. I know, it makes no sense, guys. It, we should have waited until Friday. <laughs> it's completely backwards. But either way, we're giving you a solid two weeks. Uh, yeah, to, and that's perfect, the spoiler-free period. Yes. I'm just getting like... And, and we've done that pretty consistently. For, yeah, for most movies, we've given it at least two weeks before we've really spoke about it, and I think that's a good thing. I can't, like, my level of excitement grows by the day. I can't handle it. Like there was a p- period of time earlier in this year where I was, it's not like I wasn't excited. Right. I was just like, yeah, it's yeah, coming. It's, I was the same way just because I knew it was off in the distance. Yeah. And, and I think I, maybe I was just like trying to not get myself too excited because it was so far away. Right. And then um, Mandalorian came out and it like satiated. Absolutely. A lot of like Star Wars-ness. Yes. And, um, and then... You know, that kind of... And then I started doing a countdown on Snarf Comics uh, social media stuff, and that's all I've been paying attention to for but tomorrow, at least a week. It happens. I'm trying to not read any reviews. It's 42 years of Star Wars from the first movie. And there'll be more movies. Yeah, I'm just saying for this 
they call it. You have not agreed with I don't this, agree. I don't think it's going to be the case. That's I what think they're it's, calling it. It's like the Skywalker saga is over after this movie because it was, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Lucas, George Lucas had originally like planned it for nine movies. So they followed that plan. Whether they do anything with the Skywalker saga after this is. I mean, Kylo seen. Ren is a Skywalker, right? Right. In part. So he's they, not going in a, a way. They, they, he signed more movie contract deal than three movies, I'm sure. They don't sign anybody to three movie deals. It doesn't happen anymore. How do you know that? Because like all these big franchise movies, they get these actors yeah. early on and they sign them to like six movie deals. Right, and they because, can pay them less. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the way of paying them less. You get them when they're not super famous and rich and then you lock them into a six or seven movie deal. Yeah. Like I think Hemsworth had a seven movie deal with Marvel. Which he's basically completed. No, he's completed. He just re-signed another deal, but think how much more he's going to get now. Right. He absolutely is. Because so, he's the only Thor that could ever be. Yeah. Basically. Oh. Like, it, it, our, for our generation, he is. Uh, in in the future, like, let's say another 15 years, they could maybe replace some of those Marvel characters. Yeah. I just have a hard time believing that um, Daisy Ridley and Kylo and... Uh, What's they, his name? Kylo so they Ren. will probably have spin-off movies from this and follow them in their travels, but it won't be them together in a movie, I don't think. I can't wait for people to listen to this that have already seen it, knowing that we haven't seen it yet, but the movie's already out now that you're listening. And I you're know. be like, you guys are idiots. Yes. Because so, I, I thoroughly believe there's going to be a team-up, a Ray kylo oh, Ren yeah. team-up against the Emperor. Agree. And they, there's a new trailer that I just watched in the theaters Monday before a movie. Oh, yeah. And... It's probably, you've probably seen it, but I don't think I've seen that particular trailer. And it's basically shows it in the trailer, them like fighting together and like working together. Oh, really? Yeah. More I, or less. The, the only ones I've seen is that where they're fighting each other, like in that ocean battle, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but they say something in this trailer and I, I, can't, I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but something along the lines of them like teaming up. So, oh. Oh, but you I mean, know what I, it was it. You could figure that, and there there was another clip that I saw of just Kylo going into this cave, and Palpatine's talking to him, and he says, uh, "He's like, I've been the voice in your head that you've yeah. heard the whole time, and it, but it goes through different voices. It goes to like Darth Vader, Snoke, Palpatine, um, somebody else, but he he goes through all these voices and then ends up as the Emperor's voice." And you could see Kylo's like super pissed because yeah. he knows then that he's, he's been, been played. Yeah, he's been being used, used and abused. Right, and then thrown away, used like and abused into killing trash. his own father. Little piece of emo trash. So, do we think that Snoke was the Emperor all along, or was he just a puppet of the Emperor? Emperor. Yep. Yes. So Snoke is his own person, but I believe he was just a puppet of the Emperor. Okay. Mm-hmm. He so, was also being used. So it's clear that. Um, well, we can get into this a little later. Well, let's talk about it now. I rewatched um, Last Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just, I don't know. I've just been wanting to watch more Star Wars and yeah. I popped through the old trilogy movies, um, the prequel movies. And I'm like, you know, I, that's probably the one I've seen the least out of all the really? prequel oh, movies. Oh, man. I saw that way more than everything else. Um, well, anyway, um, I forgot like the huge plot point of that movie is like that the emperor has discovered a method for living eternal life. 
That was his thing. His master. I, guess I forgot that. Darth uh, Plagueis. Yes. Plagueis. Who, um, upon watching this again and then kind of reading some more, like, I'm pretty sure was alive, like, throughout M- uh, Chancellor Palpatine's time in the Senate. I think he was alive right up to when he got elected Supreme Chancellor. Really? And I think it's at that point, which he's already been here in movies now. Yes. Um, I think it's at that point that uh, the Emperor actually kills his master, Darth Plague- yeah, Plagueis. Plagueis. I don't know if I'm saying Plagueis, that right. Plagueis. I know you're saying um, yes. And he says, you know, several times, like, my master unlocked eternal life, like the secret of eternal life through the dark side of the Force. And he taught it to me. And that was his whole pitch to Anakin. He's like, I can save Padme. That's right. I, I can, can save, save her. her. I can teach yes. you the eternal life. I know how to do it, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets, like, all the way through to the end. And he's like, we can discover it together. So, like, right. whether or not he actually knew it or not, we don't know at this point. But it's clear that... It almost like makes it seem like that was all planned for these movies coming forward, but you know it wasn't. It wasn't, but they played off of that. They played off of it for sure. So I think you know what they're gonna come. You know, you're gonna come to realize whether or not they spell it out in the movie or not, is that he did discover that secret, and that's how he survived Return of the Jedi. Well, and because so before any of these new movies were made, they had a sit down conversation with George Lucas to see where he was going to take the rest of the series when he sold it to Disney. And that was like a stipulation of him saying like, I'm going to like give you everything that I was going to do, you know, and then you take it from there. I don't think they used a lot of it, but well, we talked about it in the podcast once. Cause I read an article that he was upset. Yes. They didn't use a lot, but they did use quite a bit. Yeah. Like Kylo Ren was basically outlined in his outlines. He had the, he had scripts for him. Basically yeah, he did. Um, whether they were outlines or full scripts, I don't know, but you know, I wish they probably, the things that work seem to be the things they kept. that came from his mind. Yeah. Which it's, it's weird when you're watching, uh, revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Um, like, in a lot of ways, it's a lot better movie than either of the new, either the last, like, and not looks wise. No, yeah, I but get it. But as far as like the story goes um, and the, um, the consequences, like, you feel tension. Yes. Throughout all of those prequel movies, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, significant tension, too. And f- another thing that, um, George Lucas did do was like he killed people. Like there was stakes. Like people are dying left and right in those prequel movies. Absolutely. Like he killed Qui Gon Jinn in the first and the, Darth Maul. Yeah. In the right first, in the first one. Film. And then, you know, like Anakin Skywalker slaughters children in Revenge of the Sith. Women. No. And children. No, in the Jedi Temple. <laughs> um, and there's just a lot of like it's, it's pretty heavy. For most of it. Real quick, a little funny thing. I saw a, uh, or I had a meme sent to me where it said, uh, it said, um, what, did, what did it say? Anakin Skywalker. It just said Anakin Skywalker killing yinglings. Uh. And like, he was sitting there like just drinking beer. It was just a play off the younglings <laughs> thing. I thought it was hilarious. Um, well, anyway, I, I, I forgot how good of a movie that was. It was super good. It was entertaining. Um, it's, you know, other than for real, like Hayden Christensen's really terrible acting. He's not good. I'd, uh, he just seems so forced. A lot of dialogue 
in those prequel movies in general, and specifically that one, because I watched it more recently, a lot of really bad dialogue. But the original trilogy was not known for good but dialogue. It, no, not at all. But think about, so you, you say that they they flow better, they tie in better, and it's because it's coming from his mind. But if you take, you could tell me a story, and then I could write a story off of that, and it's not going to be the same vision as yours. Even yeah. if you've had stuff written before, I can read what you've written it doesn't matter. Like what comes out of my mind is absolutely going to be different from yours and it might not fit as well, Yeah, you know? And I think George Lucas did have the vision that would fit better, Definitely, but he had like a billion dollar payday over this stuff. So four billion, four billion. Yeah, that's right. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting is, um, while the dialogue suffers in all of them, um, even like people that are doing a really good acting job, like you and McGregor, his dialogue is still, it's, yeah. it's, it's odd. Um, but, you know, like I said, the plot and the stakes and the drama and the intensity of it are really on point for Star Wars. And somebody I read made a good point um, with these new movies, with the, the um, what's the last, The Last Jedi and the yeah. one before that? Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Is they completely lack all that um, for the most part. They are flashy toy commercials almost. Yeah, I, I do kind of agree with that because like with the prequels, you have that huge tension and like the buy-in of Obi-Wan and Anakin being so close. Yeah. And and then in Revenge of the Sith, how it just all crumbles down. And all you can see apart. Obi-Wan like killed over this, like because he feels like he's actually murdering a brother. He says it like you were like a brother to me. And uh, you can see that. And it's building up to that tension the whole time where Obi-Wan's like, I do not want this to happen. You need to start listening to me. You know, like, just cool it and we'll be friends forever. Yeah. And it doesn't. He goes the opposite way. And you can see all of that, like, heartache through the whole movies. And then Padme's doing the same thing. Then there's babies involved. Yeah. Like, and the, Well, and the self-destruction of Anakin, like, you buy it. Yeah. Even though the acting's bad, you buy it. And like the whole And I think that works better because we know we know who he is in the oh, later yeah. movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So if you were to watch that like one through six, I don't think you get that feeling. Like that same feeling of like, oh man, like I know where he ends up, but why is he doing this? Yeah. Just crazy. there is a, a small moment when he seemingly turns from like on the edge. So when he confronts the Emperor and uh, Sam Jackson yeah. um, starts fighting him. Power. Yeah. And then he, he kills Sam Jackson's, uh, you know, essentially. Yeah. Um, and right there, he's like, oh, my God, what have I done? But like five minutes before that, he was ready to arrest him. Emperor yes. Ch- uh, Chancellor Palpatine. But, uh, but then my point is that very next scene, he's kneeling down and pledging his allegiance. And like two minutes after that, he's slaughtering the Jedi Temple. Yep. It's just... Unless it warps your mind that quickly, that that part seems a little unreliable. But well, unless you you can be at a point where you're ready to arrest a guy, right? And you just think that's what it is, and then all of a sudden it gets it escalates so quickly to murder. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Like that's not what I was ready for. So he's kind of taken aback by that, and then all of a sudden he's, I, I think he's just sitting there like, well, it happened. Like well, I'm in now. No, I think he bought in to the chancellor's lie that 
the oh, Jedi he, were against the Republic. He, he, he thinks he's did. the good guy in this. Yeah. But that turns real quickly to slaughtering children, which yeah, doesn't true. make a lot of sense. That's true. And But other than that, that's fine. But my point is, think of the um, adult themes of those prequels, more so than the original. So the original ones were fun um, and adventure. Yes. Right? And then you get those prequels, which you know a lot of people didn't like. But you're talking about trade negotiations and democracy and Senate yes. hearings and chancellors and um, things like that. Things that are, are it grew significantly in the story and in the plot elements. And, you know, f- I feel like it really took a step back into these prequels. And maybe they took a step back on purpose saying like, oh, people didn't want that. Well, people was- want it more like the original. And so Mark Bernardin had an argument about uh, these movies saying that they're a, a children's movie. He's like, this was based off of a kid's... I don't feel like the prequels kids, are, though. Well, he's like, this is based off a kid's movie, and he said that uh, the reason people got pushed back, or the reason they people pushed back on the prequels is because it wasn't that way. And it was trying to be a little more serious and adult-like when everybody was saying, no, you need to go back to the... Yeah. Like a kid's movie. Then... But that wasn't the problem with those movies. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, that's what he's saying. And then, then bring that into Mandalorian... And he said the same, he used that argument yeah. for himself saying like, well, I need to remember that these are kids movies and they yeah. need to, you need to take it that way. Well, no, you don't. I mean, he, I feel like he was completely wrong. I, I listened to that episode with Phil Lamar yeah. and uh, Phil Lamar is just like, what? Yeah. And he was I, the whole time. I feel like he was way off base with Mandalorian for uh, several reasons. One of them, because I understand just because that it's simple, the premise. It is. But that doesn't make it for children. Um, my right. children have no interest in the Mandalorian. No, neither do mine. I've tried. They're just not interested. Yeah. Um, I actually feel the other way. I feel like it's simplicity. It feels more like an art piece. I completely agree. Like uh, a, cinef- a cinephile's rendition of all these different styles of filmmaking yes. that are being brought into the Star Wars universe. And I, I don't see how that, just because it's, I, I think some of the best story is simple for adults or children. I just had that conversation today uh, at work about it because people, a guy at work was saying that um, one of his buddies said he just absolutely hates Mandalorian. Like, how could anybody like this? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, it just takes from uh, uh, Western movies like, uh, what's that? What's that the Clint Eastwood movie? The Quick and the Dead. The Quick and the Dead. He's like, it takes from The Quick and the Dead, and it takes from, you know, old Shogun movies. And yes, that's that's what but it's that's been, put been out happening as. throughout cinematic history exactly. since the silent film era. The and same styles have been regurgitated a thousand times over, so and now they're being regurgitated into science fiction. Go back to episode 12 when we had an interview with Jason Inman, comic book writer, and he writes on, uh, he works on a TV show. Uh, for CBS. And he was saying, cause I had brought up like using tropes and he said, he said, absolutely use them. He said, why wouldn't you? He's like, you have to, everything's already been done to, for the most part. He's like, use those tropes and make them your own. And that's what they're doing. They're using those tropes, but they're doing it in a star Wars world. I don't even feel like they're using tropes as much as they're I like mean, paying homage. Okay. I guess they are. Which I think makes it even more legit is like you're you're sitting there saying like, oh, yeah, these might be tropes, but like we want to pay homage to this style of cinema. Yes. 
and make this show in the vein of that. And the interesting thing about The Mandalorian is it's not, yes, one, a couple of them were like a Western. One of them was like a Western. One of them was like a Shogun movie. Yeah. One of them was like something else. They're not all the same at all. Yep. One of them was like Jetpack Samurai. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that the guy under the Mandalorian costume is not pa- Pablo? Is it Pablo Pascal? Pa- Pedro. Pedro Pascal. Um, it's not? No. For the most part, he's the voice, but uh, most of the work is being done by body doubles or stunt doubles. Do you know who that uh, stunt double is? No idea. John Wayne's grandson. Really? Yeah, he is under no the ha- under the mask of the Mandalorian. Him and another guy, but in most scenes, yeah, it's John Wayne's grandson. Wow, that's pretty cool. That is that's, cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I didn't even know he was in show business or that he had a grandson. In some scenes, it is uh, Pedro Pascal, but uh, yeah, there were even some actresses. Uh, or people, that, other actors that have worked on the show that are like, yeah, I never even saw him. He wasn't there. He's not there. Right. He's the voice. <laughs> That's unreal. And the at some point, he'll take off his helmet, I'm sure. But You think so? Yeah. Last last episode, probably. Yeah, probably. You're right. In front of somebody. We can talk about The Mandalorian if you want, because... We've uh, already been. We might as well. There so, was a new episode recently. Now it's a couple weeks old at this point, but... Yes. Um, I don't remember what number it was, but six. it's... But apparently seven came out today. Oh, really? I the Nerdist put up a thing that said, uh, or no, Star Wars. I follow Star Wars on yeah. uh, Facebook, and they posted a thing today that said, uh, "Give us your spoiler-ridden reviews of Episode Seven of The Mandalorian." I know what I'm doing tonight. So yeah, they threw that out uh, early for some reason, probably because of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, I wonder if it'll tie in at all. Uh, I've always thought that it might. Well, actually, before we get into that, um, since there's a Yoda involved in Mandalorian, I want to mention one thing more thing about Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Um, I completely forgot this part, um, but there's a part at the end when they're splitting up the twins, Luke and Leia. Yes. And so, you know, they take Leia, and Obi-Wan's like, well, I'll take him to Tatooine. Well, Yoda says, take him to Tatooine to his family. Yes. And he tells Obi-Wan, you know, you need to go over there and protect him, watch over him. Um, which, how Vader doesn't understand that there's a kid named Luke Skywalker that's with his family on yeah. his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he thinks he didn't know there was any babies. Right. But anyway, still. Yeah, because doesn't he think Padme dies? Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, he gives Obi-Wan homework. Yoda says, I'm going into hiding. While you're on Tatooine, I have homework for you. Do you remember this part? No, I don't. He says, an old friend of ours has discovered the secret to immortality. Or not necessarily in those words. Right, it's in Yoda speak. um, The secret to something. uh, Eternal life, basically. He's come back from the dead through the Force. And Obi-Wan says, Qui-Gon? He says, yeah, Qui-Gon, our old friend. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. And you, while you're on Tatooine, you can be working with Qui-Gon Jinn to attain that power. What? Yeah. I do not remember any of that. And that's the power that he attains when he gets in the, uh, on the Death Star, when he fights yes. Darth Vader, yes. you know, and he stops and he becomes a force ghost and right. he's able to talk to Luke. That's that power. He's, he's alive permanently through the force, just same as Qui-Gon and Yoda yes. and all those people. And the same as... Probably Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, yeah. Who I'm sure he taught the same thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, because he projected himself, but that's not, he's already alive somewhere else. But then the, how does that kill him is what I'm wondering. I don't think it does personally, but you, I. So you think he's still physically alive? I do. Why did it, didn't he disappear? He did. Yeah. So probably the same situation with Obi-Wan where he right. does that. Yeah. I wonder so, if they like. He's alive through the force. But I want, yeah, I wonder if they like submit themselves to the force. You know what I mean? Like basically like just give up their physical body to the force. Pretty much. Yeah. That's not that you know generally. I mean? I mean, that's not what happened to Qui-Gon, but Qui-Gon was no, the first Qui- one to Qui-Gon discover got, it. Like, cut directly or didn't he get stabbed or cut, he got in cut in half. Yeah. But he's the one, first one to discover it. So maybe that's why. And Yoda did disappear too. But he's not the first one to, di- well, he would be the first one to discover it because you're saying, um, yeah, Plagueis you- did it. But that's through later. the dark side. I know I understand, but there's still I think that's alive. eternal life through their physical form. Oh, okay. Whereas on the light side, it's eternal life through, through the, the force. force. So anyway, that's I thought found that was interesting. I forgot that little detail. Um, and then I, I remembered that, that they when they remastered after Phantom Menace and they remastered and re-released yeah. the original trilogy in theaters, which I do remember seeing, they do have Qui-Gon at the end of Return of the Jedi. They do. Yeah. They do. I forgot all about that stuff. What I Man, don't I understand to... is they have also Anakin, but you know that he hasn't learned no that there, power. I wonder if uh, wonder if I have time to watch every single movie before tomorrow night um, and go to work. Yes, <laughs> and Mandalorian. Yeah, right. And uh, that's only thirty minutes. We can do that. Well, anyway, so there was a new episode of The Mandalorian. Um, it's old now, but it's the one where he joins up with like the crew and they go to the yeah, prison the transport, the droid-controlled prison transport to do a breakout. Yes, episode six. And, uh, the, uh, the Prisoner, it's called. Yeah, it was uh, It was one of my favorite episodes. I really, really enjoyed it. It's probably my favorite episode. Bill Burr's in it um, yeah. as one of the uh, other, what are they, bounty hunters? Uh, they're like mercenaries. Mercenaries, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was really good. He's great. Um, the big red guy, I can't remember his name offhand, but if you look him up, he's in he, a lot of stuff. Yeah, you'll know him from everything. He was in um he's in a Marvel movie. He was a uh or was he in Agents of Shield? I think he was in Agents of Shield. Yeah. And then the girl, she was in um Harry Potter. She was Tonks. Yeah, Harry she Potter. was the uh, the wildling in Game of Thrones. Yeah, she was in Game of Thrones. So anyway, it was a really fun episode, I thought, just because the action was amazing. That's the, probably the best at combat we've seen The Mandalorian. So this is what I wanted to bring up. The, the only problem I've had with the show so far is that every episode, they've always talked about how great he is and what he's done in the past. And uh, this one really brought up about how like brutal he has been uh, in the past yeah. and do, done some things that you know, he's obviously not doing now, but they all talk about how great of a gunslinger he is and just very good in combat, basically. But throughout the show, he's kind of been bumbling around. He always gets shot. Oh, yeah. Like, he got shot a lot in this episode, too. He, That's he starting did, to annoy was, me. It was very close quarters, so I can understand that kind of. Yeah. And you do have the armor. But, but you got to get over, like, the armor is not impenetrable. No. Well, it is, apparently, to, for most things. But anyway, they've just, he hasn't been the guy that they've been like playing him up to be. But I feel like this episode finally paid that off to where you see him like best everyone. He's just better than you on every aspect of like combat and like planning and like 
figuring things out, right? Like he just is better than you. And I do think it's like a little unre- unrealistic when he's like trying to save the, the, uh, not the rebel, but the Republic guy. That's the, yeah. Where they get in like, like a drawdown. He, he's, he's a cutthroat Stand bounty off. hunter. Like he doesn't care. He he's, shouldn't care. It's he's like turned he's a leaf. turned a corner, I guess. By the way, that guy um, was a voice from the Clone Wars. Yeah, he was uh, a voice of, I think, Anakin. Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so lots of cool Easter eggs in this episode. And then uh, the amazing part, my favorite part at the end, when the X Wings show up. Yes. And you just see how formidable an X Wing fighter is as they just completely devastate that entire Absolutely. place. Absolutely. And they both stand there and they're like, Are those X Wings? It's like, Yep. Uh, director. Dave Filoni is one of, is the, one of the pilots, pilots and the other one is doing uh, so, another Star Wars movie. So that was paying homage to the original trilogy because that's what they did uh, in those movies. Yeah. So they had uh, like one of the producers or writers or not a writer, but they had people like extra people working on set as the the pilots. And it was just because they didn't need like good actors or anything. They just needed somebody to sit in a seat for couple scenes right and uh so it was like paying homage to that so they did it in that episode on purpose yeah um which is really cool and then i did think it was weird though like why wouldn't they follow a ship leaving that or at least like do something with his ship he like just went around them yeah they weren't they weren't concerned with that but it's a it's a really good episode just because he basically outwits the entire crew and he like MacGyvered his way out of that jail cell. Like spoilers, by the way, he gets thrown in a jail cell. Yeah. That's awesome. I thought that was really the best clever. though is when the droid is going to attack baby Yoda. Yes. And he holds up his hand and then, uh, Oh, that's another point. The Mandalorian shoots him in the back of the head. Spoilers. And then baby Yoda just looks at his hand like, Oh, did I do that? <laughs> yeah. So I think they're going to pay something off towards the end of this too, with the baby Yoda. Because in every episode, you do see him use the force a little bit when he picks up that like mud, uh, what is it called? Like a mud rhino thing. Yeah. Um, so he picks that up and he uses the force. But I think they're going to pay off something towards the end of him actually doing something with the force, like a little bit bigger than that. Because every single episode, like he's getting ready. It seem, It's not every episode, but it seems like it. He's getting ready to like do something. And then it, yeah, something else happens to stop him. I think by the end of this season, we're gonna see him do something that you're like, holy shit! Like he's way more capable than we knew of. I think it is Yoda. No way. Reincarnated. I just don't see that. We don't know anything don't about that, that species. That there might only be two of them, and they just continually are reincarnated. I guess as a species. Maybe that's true, but I think you're wrong. I don't think that's I don't think that's the way it goes. Well, long story short, uh, Mandalorian episode six is the one you need to it's watch. It's great, and all of them, and it's very again. I've said this a million times, but it's a very Firefly. This is a Firefly episode in a Firefly series. I yes. feel like, and I don't know if that annoys people when I say that, but it, I feel like this episode similarities is like to a T Firefly. Yeah. This was like uh, a mission that they would have been on. That's one, and the one when they were. At, uh, on that planet. On the planet, yeah. And uh, that one wasn't really my favorite. Yeah, that, and still you, probably my favorite episode. This one was definitely my favorite, for sure. Um, Just because of the payoffs of being able to see him do what we we have been told he is good at. Yeah. And he finally does it. And that, that to me, was like, 
All right. Now, now this is easily the best episode. So next episode, guys, that's probably the end of our Star Wars talk. Next episode, um, you will get our review. We will give a very in-depth, spoiler-ridden review. And it'll be our first episode of the new year. You're right. It will be. Yeah, it'll be first of season three. It'll be number one of season three, but I'll still, I'll still number it as like 57. Yeah. Something like that. But it'll be the first one in season three. All right. Well, I got a bunch of what I've been watching and some trailers to go over. Do yes. you want to get some news? Do you got any news? Not really besides trailers. Okay. Well, let me do one. I went to a movie, and I'll talk about the movie I saw later and what I'm watching. But um, before, there was, uh, just real quick, I know we've talked about the Ghostbuster trailer. Yes. But I got to see it in theaters, big screen. Oh, yeah. And um, I just, it's the same trailer we've already seen. Yep. But it looks really good. It does. It looks really good. It looks fun. It looks uh, interesting and different. I'm all on board. I like the fact that they're going for a different tone and a different type of movie. I agree. And I, I didn't want the same type of movie. makes it a million times more interesting to me. Yes. And the fact that I know that that's the case and also the originals are all coming back, so they're going to meld the two together, makes it even more interesting. Yes. I will say there was a little bit, you weren't sure, um, but um, there's a moment when he's going through the uniforms yeah that's not venkman's uniform it i'm pretty sure that is uh egon's grandson egon's yeah okay that makes sense yeah it does uh, yeah. what's his last name egon i can't remember but isn't isn't that his last name is it i thought it was spangler egon spangler something like that spangladesh I don't think I, I don't should know. definitely know. That. I don't remember Egon Spangler. Yeah. Is it really? And that's the that's the uh, name on that thing. Spangler or Egon Spangler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was wrong. I apologize. Um, but wrongness. anyway, that looks great. I did see another trailer, and I don't think you've probably seen it. Okay. Um, I think I have. It's a trailer for a movie called Doolittle. Oh, I have not. It is a Doctor Doolittle reboot. Okay, with, with RDJ? With Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself. I saw a little... Actually, um, I was buying a ticket for Nate to go to the, the Pagoda, uh, to go to the Star Wars movie with us. And like on the receipt, basically, that I got and proof of purchase of the ticket, there was a little banner at the top for Doolittle, and I saw him on there. That's the first I've ever seen of it. Well, it's uh, I saw it going into the theater. They had like a cardboard cutout. And I thought, uh, oh, okay, that'll be cool. Kids movie. It does not intrigue me in the slightest. Oh, man. When you see the trailer, it will intrigue you. Really? It looks fantastic. This really? is not like your Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle, like stupid, funny comedy. Yeah. This is, looks like a, like an epic fantasy adventure romp. Really? That takes Robert Downey Jr. in a very um, almost Pirates of the Caribbean-esque way. Or like Jumanji, kind of, but like on a across the globe uh, trek, and he's got these animals that are with him. Um, no he's, kidding. He's on pirate ships. There's there's pirate boat yeah. fights. Well, there's I tell you what, lots of fighting. He's getting thrown in into jail cells and getting his way out. There's lots of action. It looks like an, a really really fantastic, fun adventure movie that. I, I tell you what, with Robert Downey Jr. and his status right now as a movie star, I don't think he's going to take something no. that 
isn't going to be like a big epic adventure. They really don't. I don't see him on the small screen anymore, like doing no. small movies, even indie movies. I just don't think it's going to happen. This is going to be a huge franchise for him. Uh, it looked very, very Pirates of the Caribbean-esque, okay. but actually more intriguing to me because I wasn't like that intrigued by Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, this seems more intriguing to me. And also, like, it seems to have a lot of, like, heart and emotion. Like, there's a part on the he boat. He does that well. There's a part, like, very well in this trailer. There's a part on the boat where they're being attacked by, like, another ship, like, cannonballs and stuff. Okay. And he, there, he's, like, down on the ground, like, laying with uh, his gorilla that he talks to. <laughs> yes. And the gorilla just, like, like scared. Yeah. And, like, crying, upset. It just—it sounds so ridiculous because he's talking to animals here. <laughs> yeah. But he says something. He's like, "We don't need to be scared," you know. Something yeah. like he gives this little pep talk, but this really like emotional Heartfelt pep talk emotional. for this gorilla. And I'm just like, "Oh my god, am I going to start like tearing up <laughs> in a it, trailer for Doolittle?" <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good, dude. It looks amazing. I have to absolutely watch that. But like I said, his agent is not letting anybody throw scripts at him. That I feel like I want to like pause huge... it so you can watch it because it's like worthy of doing that. We'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. At some point. <laughs> um, and so those were the two trailers. There was other trailers, but those were the main ones I got. So I have one, just one trailer that came out, and this is probably going to be a big deal um, when the movie finally drops, but I don't think it comes out until May okay. of next year. Um, and it is... Top Gun 2. Oh, yeah. That's trailer's been out for a while, I think. No? No. I thought it just came, no, it just came out. it's been out for a while. No. They, there was, everybody was talking about Top Gun 2 trailer that just came out. They might have put out, they might have put out like a... They had a teaser out a or teaser, something. And the teaser looked amazing because we talked about it on the podcast. And this full trailer is like... It looks they're awesome. paying like super homage to the very first film. Yeah. Everything about it... It kind of makes me nervous because I feel like it's a little overdone, but maybe it's not. That's what people want, man. I know people do want it because it's you've got nostalgia machine. You've got like uh, one guy's son, and then you've got Goose's son standing there, and they look identical. Really, to, like the guy that's playing Goose. You've seen him before. He was the he's the guy in Ready Player One. What was that guy? The guy that plays Goose. His son. Oh, okay. He was I in that remember. movie. I can't remember the kid's name. You've seen him before, but he's got a mustache just like Goose. He's got hair just Isn't like Isn't he him. the dude from The Boys? Isn't that the same guy? Dennis Quaid's son? No. Never mind. Um, no. Nope. Not that guy. Okay. Um, but it's like super nostalgic. You see uh, Tom Cruise riding his motorcycle without a helmet again. Oh, yeah. You know. He actually flew the jets. He did? Yeah. He, no way. Yes. He got that was a big thing about this movie. How the hell do they let Tom Cruise do this stuff? He went and trained for years and years and years, learned how to fly it. I don't know if the studio bought the jet or they just gave a huge amount of insurance to the United States government. But they're not gonna the government will not do that. They would not well, they, they did. Well they he had to have they had to have like paid for the jet then. Well, there's um, there's gonna. other jets that are yeah. like retired jets that yep, I'm sure yep, he yep. could have used. But yeah, he he definitely flew i don't know if he flew them like in the hardcore scenes but they he flew those jets to get whatever stock footage they needed to get for wow. him off him flying jets that's kind of cool he's a badass he man. really is and he's like 50 some years he's old he's like almost 60 he's close to it 
And it's ridiculous that he's still doing these type of things. And he but looks like he's younger than me. Exactly. It must be Scientology. I, it is. Maybe it they're be. doing it to him, the alien guy. I think I'm going to become a Scientologist. Yeah, I think you should He's 57 not. years old. Oh, my gosh. I know people that are in their 40s that look three times his age. I mean, I look three <laughs> times his age, and I'm 35. It's ridiculous. He... So it, any, anyway, in the trailer, they do a lot. They're showing a lot of aircraft stuff, a lot of ridiculous maneuvers that usually don't happen in real life. Um, but it looks really fun. It does look really fun. They bring Maverick back to train people. Uh, he It looks to be as if he's a test pilot. Um, I think he's a test pilot. Grab me one of those. Um. But he it looks to be a test pilot uh, for some like private industry or something, because at the end of the trailer he uh, is flying this like spaceship is what it looks like. Uh, but the most interesting thing that I saw oh before that it also basically shows you that someone dies again. He's oh, yeah. at a funeral, probably Goose's son. You know, and that's I'm I'm really nervous that they're going to do that. Like, don't kill Goose's son the same way you just killed Goose. I wonder if they'll kill him, Maverick. And no, I mean, that makes show. the most sense. Well, maybe maybe they do. No, you know it's not him because he's at the funeral. Oh, they show him saluting at the. Well, I guess you don't know if it's at the funeral, but you they can't show him kill saluting. Tom Cruise. No, you can't. Or Maverick. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, especially if you want to make Top Gun three. Like you're. You're not going to get rid is of this Tom Top Gun two. two. There wasn't a second Top Gun. No, I guess no. there wasn't. So I guess Val Kilmer's back in that too. And Ooh. if Val Kilmer looks anything like he did in the Jane Silent Bob reboot, um, it's gonna be rough. <laughs> yeah, dude, he does not look good. <laughs> no, he didn't. His face was like super bloated. He looked terrible. They maybe didn't he give got, him maybe he got in any shape. lines. Well, he couldn't. He can't talk. Like his voice was gone from the throat cancer. He had throat like, cancer. I know. During his cancer, I don't think he can. I think he can talk now. He can talk, but his voice is super messed up. Really? Yeah. But he's been working on it. Oh. Kevin Smith talked about it. Like he didn't want to do the movie because he can't. He at that time couldn't speak. He well. couldn't speak well. He just he has a really odd or raspy voice or something. And uh, they said he said he was working on it, but you know it hadn't gotten better yet. And right. Jay, and, you know Kevin Smith said, "I got the perfect part for you." You don't have to talk at all. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad he's getting back in it. Maybe he can get back in shape. Look yeah. at uh, Kumail Nanjiani. I sent you some pictures of uh, your boy, and he is ripped. Yeah, and it's been like taking the internet by storm it this is. week. It's been overtaken. The first thing you said was, it's fake. It looks fake. The first one I sent you does Because his face doesn't look, look like it matches fake. the body. The second, the second one looks better, yeah. Yeah, it does look better. But like the way the veins are popping, I'm like, how Isn't that crazy? Is going on? If you guys don't know, Kumail Nanjiani is on Silicon Valley. Yes. And uh, he started out on the Nerdist Network with a podcast called The Indoor Kids with him and his wife, and they just talked about video games. And he was a stand-up comedian. But yeah. that was it. He was not popular or famous. No. And then he started doing um, more Nerdist shows. And then him and Jonah Ray did a, a TV show for Nerdist that was like a late night comedy stand up show on Comedy Central. Oh, okay. I guess um, I didn't know he started with Nerdist. Um, I mean, he didn't start with Nerdist, but that's where he definitely got popular. Okay. With that podcast and then with the stand up comedy being promoted through there. And then from there, like he just started getting movie roles. And I think after Silicon Valley, his career kind of blew up. He was yeah. been in some high profile movies now. Yes. And now he. 
He's written a movie with his wife. But he's yeah, he was. Oh, that was a really good movie. And he too. was in it, but I his wife got, wasn't in it. But no, I think it got nominated for an Oscar. Could have. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote that or wrote uh, that movie. The big sick or something. The big or, sick. Yeah. Or that's what it is. Love sick. No, the big sick. Yeah. Um, which is a true story of it him is. and his wife's relationship. Yep. Um, but he's very funny, and he seems like a very genuine, down to earth guy. When because I've listened to him on podcasts for years. Yeah, you've liked him for a long time, and he is a he's a really good dude. But he's then he got actor. cast in the Marvel movie in the Eternals, yes. um, which is huge. And Jerry sent, and he was always kind of like an out of shape, kind of schlubby looking. I just guy. happened he's to get on. I just happened to get on Instagram to uh, make a post about Star Wars, and the first thing that popped up because we follow him. Uh, Snarf Comics does, and it was the picture of him all jacked, shredded, man. And then I was like, "What is this? I'm like, this can't be real." And then I noticed that he's the one who posted it, and then he had a description or like wrote a little story about how he got in shape, why he got in shape, why he felt like he needed to, well, and different he's things. Play a superhero, so yeah, it, they didn't ask him to do it. So they didn't say, like, you need to be super jacked or anything for this whatsoever. Uh, he just felt like he needed to be. Because I'm guessing his, his role in that movie is going to be as comic relief kind of Probably. character. But then he was talking about training and whatnot. And then he said that the, he said the, um, the studio paid for a nutritionist and a trainer, trainer for yeah. him. And so lots he, because of Because he said... He said, "If you can't get jacked like that without steroids, it's not possible." Yes, it is. No, not in that short of amount of time. He said it's been over a year. That's not long enough. Yes, it absolutely is. With the right diet, to if go you're super from where strict, he was to where he is now, no. And listen, he Joe, wasn't obese. Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. He's like anybody in Hollywood that's jacked. That's just part of the program because they're not competing. There's no reason they can't use steroids. They're not in sports. So you, there's no reason why you wouldn't use them. I'm not well, talking except about for like health issues. Don't they cause like health issues? I think they're steroids. It's a drug. First of all, there's a steroid is a very broad term. Well, true. So human growth hormone is a steroid. Yeah. And it's pretty safe and it's well used. It's used by a lot of people and well tolerated by a lot of people. H And so if it's used correctly with a nutritionist and stuff like that, I'm sure there's no, yes, of course he's using supplementation. You don't get shredded like that without it. Supplements, yes, but I don't know if we'll call them steroids. But that's, is it? I mean, I guess human growth hormone is not a steroid. It's a hormone. Yes. That would, that would make sense. I think that would make sense. But there's other ones like that. You know what I mean? Either way, he talks about it and says how miserable it was. Uh, I'm sure. It's like it was just... A rough year of I was like constant a, training. I think it was Mark Renarden that always said, like Hugh Jackman. He's like sixty. I mean, he's super old too. Yeah. too. I mean, he was jacked beyond jacked for all those years. Yeah, playing Wolverine, and like his diet would be like to work out all day long, and like all he would eat was just like boneless, skinless chicken breast. Yeah, That's it, and like ten thousand calories worth of them a day. Just to get like the protein you needed to get that jacked. Yuck. <laughs> that a lot of those uh, like bodybuilders and fitness people eat a Just shitload like of chicken. Whole chickens. Yeah, all the time because they're super lean. Yep. Yep. But yeah, he's so he's super jacked. Anyway, um, what were we talking about before that? I don't know. Oh, the uh, Top Gun trailer. It looks good. Yeah, That's I'm in. All. I'm I'm in for it. I probably won't Everybody's see it in gonna, theaters. I don't know. 
There, no, I probably won't either. There was even like a, a scene where they're singing in a in the oh, officers' yeah. club and whatnot. of course. But what I did watch was a um, an actual uh, Navy pilot, like fighter jet pilot, uh, did it like a a review of the trailer uh, because people were like blowing him up. He had a YouTube channel and people were blowing him up, asking him like what like what parts of these are is ridiculous. Oh, so everything. he gave his take on it. And he's like, listen, he's like. A lot of what you're seeing is like, even though it looks really good, is CGI. Oh yeah, it's like you know, a sure. lot of these planes are CGI. The there's one uh, move where because they're all FA FA 18 Hornets, and um, he said that if you he's like it goes straight up in the air and slows down and they go past them. He's like that's a legitimate thing that you can do. He's like, but not in an FA 18. He said if you go if you went straight up like that, he's like, the plane will continue to go straight up. He's like, regardless if you have no throttle whatsoever or anything, your forward momentum of that plane will just take you straight up. He's like, cause the plane can do it. It's like that maneuverable. He said, it will not slow down and stop. Yeah. He's like, so that's somewhat unrealistic. And then he was talking about, um, your bubble. He's like, there's a bubble around every aircraft that, is just like how many feet you're supposed to stay away from each other. He said, and the Navy is like really hardcore about you do not get into another person's airspace. He's like, a lot of times it's anywhere from 500 to 1,000 feet. He said, most of the time you really don't go below 1,000 feet to each other unless it's like the Thunderbirds or stuff like that. Like those guys are doing it only because... The Blue Angels. Yeah, that's the stuff... Not well, the Thunderbirds. There's the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels. Okay. The Blue so the, Angels is the Air Force. No, Thunderbirds are the Air Force. Uh, Blue okay. Angels are the Navy. Okay, gotcha. There's a Marines one too, I think. Marines don't fly planes. <sighs> Fine. They don't. No, you're right. Um, helicopters. Maybe it's Army. They don't fly planes either, do they? They do. C-130s and that kind of stuff, but not really fighter not jets. real planes, though. <laughs> fighter jets, no. I don't think so. <laughs> Um, Actually, the other ones are more like the real planes. <laughs> yeah, right. The ones that are doing things all the time. Right. Uh, so he just gave his like little reaction on the trailer, but he was overall positive about it. He's like, listen, he's like, this is a very nostalgic movie, and they're just, you know, pouring it on with that kind of. Nostalgia. Well, even the original. I mean, like when they buzz the tower, like that would yeah. never happen. No. Or like it's when they're not upside down, like t- ten feet apart. No, that's not going to happen. Yep. That's what he was talking about. It's like that kind of stuff. He's like, you just have to take that for what it is, you know, and that's, it's just a movie. I will say one time um, we were flying cross country, me and my dad. Um, and we were in Canada, actually. We, yeah. we landed um, at an Air Force base, like right on the border. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was up by Ontario. Um, and so we were landing. We came in and landed at this Air Force base to get fuel. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were way behind. They were just flying jets, like doing practice, doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And we were way behind. Um, but it was super bumpy landing because we were in the jet wash. Yeah. And they're, they've got a wake turbulence. Yeah. It's called. So we were in that. So anyway, we get there, we, we're fueling up, we're just sitting there, and I'm watching, like, right, I'm right there by the runway watching these um, fighter jets take off. And, you know, um, we weren't behind one taking off because we had to wait a, a while because of sure. the jet wash. But I was right there watching one take off, and they 
from about halfway down the runway and then go straight, straight up. up. Yep. Literally straight up. Yeah. So, and you're just like, what? And it's super loud. So those are like combat maneuvers because though that's like a combat takeoff. A lot of times they won't do that. But like when we were in Iraq on the air base, uh, when we came in, um, you get off the plane and like the, we got off the C-130 and you're just standing around on the air base and there were F-16s and stuff taking off. And that's what they would do. And it's only because if you do that, it's really hard to shoot down an aircraft when it goes straight up in the air. Right. But if they take off nice and slow and just come up, you know, you're giving them a target basically. So, and then the same thing when C-130s take off, they can't go straight up in the air. But as soon as they would take off, they would bank really hard to the left and bank really hard to the right. And they have a certain pattern that they would fly to make it harder for you to target them. But all the... All the fighter jets, um, I didn't see very many take off, but the few that I did, it was literally straight up in the air. Yeah. And you're like, how is it humanly possible to be in you just, something? You understand how much fuel that takes? I have no idea. Like power when, Flying those planes, um, just how they're flown, the massive disparity in range of fuel yeah. based on what you're doing is crazy. So like, sure. if you're just out flying it normal... They have like pretty good range on those things, mm-hmm. but if you're out doing maneuvers and anything like that, right, your time to fly goes from like it gets cut like by drastically, right? You know, unless yeah, unless you can get really high up, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they'd ha- if they can get really high up real quick, then they can pull it back and not use a lot of fuel. But most of the time, it you're still not takes doing a that. ton of fuel to get up there, right? Which is why they have uh, mid air refueling, yes, which is crazy too to watch, yeah. Like I've only seen videos of that, but it's I've seen insane. it in person. Have I've you, sat. No, I've I've you've been, been in a. <laughs> no, I rode out on the little thing to plug in the gas pump. That's good. they have to have a person out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually somebody like you. It's a safety harness. Yeah, OSHA. I mean, would make you wear a harness, of course. <laughs> um, no, I haven't been doing that. <laughs> um, well, let's get into unless you got more news. We got. Uh, I, I got, got one little piece of news. I got a bunch about, of what we're watching. We need to get to about. Uh, a comic book that I've been waiting for for a long time. I posted a thing on social media today about it as well, because today is comic book day, you know, like most Wednesdays. It's really every day, but Wednesdays is when a lot of huge released comic books come out. And today they released the final issue of Doomsday Clock, DC's huge event that Jeff Johns has been writing for what was supposed to be one year ended up being two years. It's taken a really long time for um, the last issue to come out. Everybody was um, kind of in the dark about it in the comic book community because they thought it wasn't coming out until next year. They had told everybody, like, after January 1st is probably when it's coming out, and all of a sudden today it came out. So I still am not going to read it for a little while until I get a collected trade because I don't want to buy you know, every individual issue when they're pricing them at like five or six bucks a piece. Right. Uh, the last issue though is 49 pages. So, wow. so it's a big, it's a big one, but apparently I saw a, uh, thing that said, uh, where is it at? It said, uh, doomsday clock finale charts the course for DC's future crisis. Oh, so I don't really think you get a resolution, really. Probably not to it. But um, I'm really intrigued about this because there is apparently some 
epic battles with Batman, Superman, and Dr. Manhattan, which hmm. sounds amazing to yeah, me. Yeah, sounds amazing. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? If you have if you know anything about The Watchmen and you know anything about Batman and Superman, you want to see them fight each other. Yeah. And Batman and Superman aren't fighting each other. They're I fighting... I don't see how either of them would even stand a chance against Dr. Manhattan. That makes no sense whatsoever, but... Well, I mean, I don't know. I think Superman can. Mm, how i mean dr manhattan can at the thought erase time yeah like (laughs) create life yes create anything or just erase he can like erase the universe yeah he can do anything at an atomic or molecular subatomic level yeah i'm not sure how they've done it but he could just at a blink deconstruct superman to atoms it says uh doesn't make any sense Oh, right here it says, Doomsday Clock established how Watchmen's Dr. Manhattan broke the history of the DC universe. Well, I will say, if you're watching, and we're going to talk about it later, but if you're watching the Watchmen TV show, you'll learn a little bit more about Dr. Manhattan and what his perceived possible, Mm -hmm. um, um, what do you call it? Uh, Weaknesses. Oh, oh, okay. Because, yeah, I don't know. I've been really excited about it. I've talked about that... uh, that comic book for a while now and it has finally come. So I may buy all of them. I don't know. I've, I already own, I I already own five out of the 12, so I might as well just buy the next seven. Um, yeah, you should totally. So yeah. Anyway, I was really excited about that. Before we get into more, I, I just had this one quick news article, um, and we won't spend too much time on it, but it's a urine review, uh, top 10, comics best new comics in 2019 okay i love it it's almost the end of 2019 it is this is um this will be the last episode of 2019 for first episode of 2020 actually no you're right it'll be the last last one um number 10 uh i've not heard of invisible kingdom a dark horse book writer g willow wilson okay um she's a good writer yeah it posits what would happen if a world controlling mega corporation called lux cough amazon Teamed up with the world's largest religion. Okay. I meant to say like a mega corporation, Lux, Amazon. Yeah. Yes, I get it. Okay. Um, so that sounds interesting. Um, number nine, Bitter Root. Uh, don't know anything about it. Could be summed up as Ghostbusters in the Harlem Renaissance. Interesting. Uh, whatever. Uh, number nine, Number eight, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Writer, Matt Fraction. I've heard, I did hear good things about that earlier in the year. I think I talked about it on an episode, but I'd never, I haven't ever really. Matt Fraction serves as your tour guide to the bizarre underbelly of the DC universe. Um, pure fun and adventure book. Matt Fraction's a great writer. I'd probably really check it out. Um, he did um, Hawkeye. the Hawkeye series, which I loved and I collect and I have it all. It's so great. Didn't he also do um, Sex Criminals? Uh, he do sex Criminals. Yes. That's yeah. a book about. Uh, it's a book about a couple that, w- when they have physical intercourse, time stops, and they can do whatever they want during that time. And his and they do crime stuff. Wife is Kelly Sue DeConnick. Matt R- Fraction. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. She's an interesting character. She's a huge comic book writer as well. She so. is, but. Have you ever seen her or like listened to her speak or anything? Not really. 
She's on Instagram a lot. You should check her out. But she's uh, she looks like a hipster, and so does she's Matt Fraction. A strange bird. Um, number seven is uh, well. Anyway, that Hawkeye series that he wrote is so good, and that's a great comic for new readers. It's so it's super yes. good, and I'm guessing that's the direction they're going to go in the Disney Plus TV series for Hawkeye. Would be my guess. I hope so. Um, number seven, uh, Martian Manhunter. Um, number six is Last Night on Earth. With Snyder and Capullo. Yeah. I uh, haven't read it yet. So. I haven't either. There's only three issues out because the third one came out today. Uh, following through on the Zero Year storyline. Um, number five, Silver Surfer Black. Um, mm-hmm. Number four, Undiscovered Country by Charles Soule and Scott Snyder. Really? Um, it Is that an image book? Just debuted in November, Undiscovered uh, Country um, topped both Batman and Spider-Man in sales in November. Wow. Um, and it's their first joint project for Charles Soule and Scott Snyder, two of the best comic book writers in the business. Um, that sounds amazing. I'm going to check that out. Number three is one that we have been, neither one of us have really been following, but has been getting all the accolades all year long in all of comics, and that's House of X and Powers of X. Yes. The new X-Men series written by Jonathan Hickman who is a, a tour de force in comics throughout Absolutely. his entire uh, career. Um, so I, I'll have to check that one out. Number two is uh, Little Bird. Um, takes place in a post-apocalyptic, post-human world where the church has taken over the state and rules what's left of America with a fascist fist. Uh, meh. Number one, Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky. I've, Which I, you have been reading. I've been or, collecting it. I read the first four, and uh, I loved the first four a How many lot. times can Daredevil I top have, charts? How many you, times? I don't know. I, I mean, it, when you keep putting these type of writers in, in the driver's seat, it's unbelievable. And the story of this one... Um, and who was the last he, Daredevil writer? He picks up... Uh, Charles Soule. Yes, so he picks up right after Charles yeah. Soule left off, basically. But it's a it's like a year advanced after that because at the end of Charles Soule's, like um, he's so beaten up, like he was left in the hospital because I think he gets hit by a bus or something, and it really messes him up. Yeah, and he's in the hospital for a long time, and then so uh, Chip Zdarsky picks it up with him getting out of the hospital and like trying to figure out if he needs to start over or not. And then him realizing that daredevil is like more than just like a character he is, or, you know, like a, it's like a part of him that like speaks to him almost to where he cannot not do that anymore. Hmm. Like it's so much a part of him. Reminiscent of the Frank Miller, um, daredevil. Is it? Yeah, kind yeah, of. I guess so. Where he he Frank Miller Daredevil is where he kind of like realizes that like he isn't Matt Murdock. Like that's his alter ego. Yes. Like so it's very Daredevil. much it's very much like that. And but there's more to it. And then um shoot, what's the bad guy's name? Kingpin? Yes. Kingpin's involved, Punisher's involved. I mean, but, I think the great thing about uh Daredevil in general is that it's crime drama. So it's very street level crime drama. Yes, um, and it's very much about like the physical and the psychological cost of being a superhero, or like a that. hero, and 
that's just kind of in general what they've always done with that character and so good it works man it's a really human story for the most part so that makes me really excited to hear now because i i haven't been following it since then and i think there's shoot i think there's like seven or eight more issues out since i've uh yeah had paused uh, my reading 15 issues in oh okay so there's 11 that have come out after i had paused my reading on that and uh i gotta catch back up on it because it the and the art the art in this book is like stupid yeah, good. It looks amazing. The cover artist, I don't even I, I should look it up to see who the cover artist is. Uh art but, by Marco Cecchetto. Okay. I don't know who did the covers though. Every book's a different cover usually. Yeah. Cover artist. Well, they're all under the same like style. Yeah, we and, were I was bring when we were back in when we were doing What's in the Box, I was bringing wow. in Daredevil covers and it was great. Yeah, the new covers are so good. They're like every single issue is frameable. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's amazing. That's the hard part about collecting comics is especially with Daredevil and the, especially with amazing Spider-Man yeah. covers. It's like you want to frame every cover. Yeah, you really do. And you're just like, oh, I can't frame every cover. Right. Well, you could. We could when we have our new podcast studio, which should be up and running in 2020. Probably sometime within the first three months. Though, Yeah. Possibly. What, uh, yeah, what we need to focus on is getting to a Comic-Con and selling something that we have produced. Yes, which we pretty much already out on C2E2 about having a book produced by then. But, right. But we can still have a booth when we plan to. Um, real quick, before we do what we're watching, I wanted to do a little bit. I'm surprised you haven't brought it up yet. Okay. Because last episode, we did a review of Frozen 2. Oh, yeah. I told you I was going to call you out on yeah, this, too. Yeah, and you, too. Didn't, you haven't done it. No, I haven't, because I kind of forgot about it. Um, I had talked about how much I enjoyed Frozen 2, because I did. Yeah. And uh, I honestly still believe that the, the storyline is better, and I really enjoyed all the music. I thought the music was great. Chris's take, on the other hand, was that you did not enjoy the music and thought it wasn't as catchy or... Memorable it, it, or memorable, yeah. Yes, I just thought it wasn't as memorable, and I, I still maintain it's not as memorable. Um, I was probably a little hard on the movie in general, but I didn't re see the movie, that wasn't what I was saying. But since then, my kids have pretty much non stop been listening to the Frozen, yeah, two and Frozen soundtrack because they just say play Frozen right on YouTube music on the Google Home and it plays it, so it'll play both. Um, and after listening so much to the Frozen Two soundtrack, it's um, it was jarring when the Frozen One songs come on. What do you What do you mean jarring? Um, like they're clearly not as good, right? Um, the Frozen Two songs are. I'm not. They're just different, right? So the Frozen One songs are catchier. They're catchy, they're but poppier, they're poppier. Yes, and they're more memorable. All right, but they're simple in general. They're a simply a simply designed song to make it catchy to you because they're they're doing it for a film. But these songs Frozen One sounds like more like a soundtrack to a Broadway musical. But yeah, with kind a little of. more poppiness to it. Yeah. Um after listening back to a lot of the Frozen Two songs, they're just more These are structured as legitimate standalone songs. I wouldn't I even think. say that. They're, they have a lot of depth to them. That's they what do. I mean. Like they're structured as a standalone song to have, like like depth. I guess you would you would call it that. 
I, see, I, I I'm going to say that I don't think they're as structured to be standalone. I feel like they are just, it's a more mature soundtrack. Yeah. Cause they're mature characters now. And especially that, like, um, the main song, it grew with them. Yeah, it's pretty, um, it's pretty, what's uh, the main song into the unknown. Is that the one <sighs> into the unknown? <laughs> wow. That was really good. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was the one I'm thinking of or not. The one where the, it constantly like keeps ca- calling back to that, like, uh, yeah. Part. I don't know. I thought that was that one. But Maybe anyway, I, I was surprised listening back, like how much I was enjoying the frozen two music better. Because I then like go back and the frozen one, like, after listening to that whole soundtrack in the car the other day, and then like "Let It Go" came on, yeah, and I'm just like, oh, this sounds like a little kid's song compared to like the other ones. Right, it is. They are. Yeah, they are like little kid songs. They are more mature, I would say. Isn't it weird that I just said I'm gonna have to go back and listen to them? We're talking about a legitimate children's movie. Yeah, but we are of, or we are in the season of our life. <laughs> That is wrapped in children's movies. That's the thing, and I'm, I'm so invested in this stuff that I'm going to listen to the soundtrack on my own without my kids in the car now because I'm like, man, I like those mo- I like those movies. And I like that song. So that's my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fine. I mean, I'll probably do the same thing. I know. While well, you're doing it, anyways. No, so. I mean, I was in with my children, but right. Um. So. You got any more news? Um, nope, I'm good. I watched um, several things, many things. Did you watch anything? So I've watched some of The Watchmen. I haven't finished it. Okay, let's go into The Watchmen then. Okay. Where are you at so in The Watchmen? I finished episode six is all. So I still have is seven. The in- uh, flashback one? Yes. Is that the one that you said was the best show ever to be produced on tv yes that's the one or was it number seven no six i believe that's the one with like hooded justice yes like back in the 50s or whatever yes yes that is the one i maintain is one of the best episodes of television ever produced why oh because first of all the structure of the the way they maintain a flashback is super interesting and novel okay um should i do spoilers um i don't know have we spoiled anything since since we talked about the watch not really but do you know what i'm saying like it's not just a straight flashback there's i get it pretense for it like why it's happening yeah absolutely like that's a very novel interesting approach because of like what had happened prior to this to make those flashbacks occurred anyways yes um i just didn't think it didn't hold my attention as well as I thought it would. Wow. And it was just because I didn't like it being, I don't know, I didn't like seeing it set back that far. And I understand that they're, they are giving you backstory on a character, but I just it somewhat felt, um, it didn't feel like it was advancing the story to me. Oh, I did. I, that's not why I think it's one of the best episodes of television ever. I mean, I don't think it advances the story that much. No, and um, that's why I think it it kind of held very back. standalone. But yeah. the story they're telling in that episode, I think, is very intense and oh yeah important and um, it shocking. Is. It is very shocking because at first you think he's going to be this like welcomed and received police officer, 
the way that it tackles um, oh, racism and race in that time period is is so different really than a lot of things I've seen. Um, and it perfectly encapsulates like the effects of that yeah, on a person, on a people, on a family. Um, but just like the menace, right? So when yes. he's, uh, and this isn't a spoiler, but um, he's on this police force and like the menace of like, he's walking along and talking to these white police officers that are, and he's a police officer. Yeah. They They're are like, working let's, together. Let's go get a drink. You know, it's time to go get a drink. And then he's like, no, nah, it's okay. And they pull away and you see that their car is dragging. Yes. Two dead lynched. bodies. But that's not really there. Yes, it is. No, I think that was like a creation in her mind. No, absolutely not. That was real. That was his memory. That's what happened. Really? Yeah. Because he acts like he never even noticed it. That he has to show no emotion towards it because he doesn't want to further in you know I felt like that was another creation because throughout some of some of this like the flashback like no. strange things occur that I don't feel like are real life I, I don't think you're right I think they were mostly all real life if not all real life that one definitely I did not get the impression that it was wasn't anything but real to what happened because of the tension of that scene in context, it all makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. But I feel like that could have been added because he knew what was coming anyway. So like the memory of it, like you already have the memory of it. So therefore, you know, what's going to happen at the end of that. I felt like it was added on as like foreshadowing for you to say like, these guys are not good. No, no, Totally not. That, because the whole point... It's literally like he never even acknowledges it. And I get your point of saying like he can't, but wouldn't that shock you right away to be like, oh man, what the heck? And then you just like kind of turn away and act like you didn't see it? That's the point though. The point is it's so fucked up yeah. and commonplace that you can't react to something like that. That's the time. That's the menace of the time and the racism of that period to where you can't react to that. Like yeah. that is happening. I'm going to have to re I'll have to rewatch it and see cuz I still don't think it's real. It definitely is. I think it's just like a vision no. that's in there. Because there's also throughout that those uh, memories. I mean, she's involved with it too. No. Like you see her. Old, that's just her taking his place in the yes. memory because it's just reminding the viewer the context in which this is happening. I get it. And I think that that imagery of them dragging bodies, because there's, there's no, no way that that, because it, it shows a little bit of blood, but it disappears behind the car. I'm telling you it's no, you, you missed it. Know. I'll have to watch it again or that part at least. And that's only one of like several oh, other geez, parts, there's but like so many. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. I just rough. thought it was a really powerful episode. And also I thought it, I, I, I don't know. I was on the edge of my seat through that whole episode. I'm surprised that I you're was. saying that it was not interesting to you. It wasn't that it wasn't like completely interesting to me. I just didn't, um, I just didn't feel like it went anywhere other than just tell you this one guy's story. The only reason it bothers me is because I want to know what's going to happen. Like I want to know what's going to happen in this show. Yeah. That's like in present day. And I just felt like it removed you from what's happening present day just to tell you a little bit of backstory, even though you already basically know about 
these guys. Well, I mean, it, it does give you a big shock backstory of who that guy of who is. Who he is? Yes. But I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I'm just saying that I'm not judging it based on it's moving a story forward. I'm judging it as a a single episode of television, and I don't think I've ever seen anything that that's that that, that that's um, yeah that has been that affecting and that. Um, uh, I don't know. Like it's it, real good writing. I tell you that. Like that whole episode is written extremely well. Like to try to to tie that all together in one story, it's still you know the overarching story is still there of what's happening in the series at the moment. But to give you an individual story about a man and how he comes up through the police force and whatever he does during that time. Um, is pretty neat. I mean, it's incredible. I just felt I'm judging it as a series. Yeah. And as the series as a whole, I just felt like it is somewhat out of place. I mean, I, I don't agree. Feel, I mean, it, as a series, it is out of place and you don't really need it too much going forward. I don't feel like you need an entire episode of that flashback. I think you can do a flashback that tells you the same information that you need on the character quicker. <sighs> That's not the point of the episode. I'm not the saying it is. The point of the episode is to set the stage for the racism yes. that is going to become a part of the story going forward more. But I mean, so, we've known racism is a part of that story for the entire time. There's been lynchings going on already. You already see the coat, like the white hoods and the coats. And I understand, but it has to... Like you affect know. you emotionally, and this is what does that. That's what ties in the emotion. This is, is what this episode the, does. Yeah. Like before I, I that, you're that. like on a surface level of this is a backdrop. Yes, this is what draws you in emotionally to that struggle and those characters going forward. I I agree, and I you haven't right. gone you're forward, right. so I haven't. I, yet, I guess you don't know necessarily how it is going to tie in exactly. However, you know. Is it required for the story plot-wise? No. I mean, there are aspects of it that are, which can be covered much quickly, much more quickly. Mm -hmm. You're right about that. Um, but it is required, I think, to give you the adequate emotional stakes going forward. I can see that. I understand that point because it, I would agree. It does tie you in emotionally way more to like her... I mean, I don't want to say who. I don't want to say who it is, but um, yes, to everyone that's involved with her and what's going on there. <laughs> so anyway, I while we're on the subject, I did finish Watchmen. The finale was last week. I watched it. Um, I watched the Watchmen finale. We, we're not going to talk about it too much more because for I some reason, Jerry is not watching the show fast enough. It's driving me crazy. I'm but... I have a very small window of opportunity to watch shows. From here on out, every episode is good. Um, I have had some issues with the finale, but nothing major. I really enjoyed it, and I liked where the season series ended, even though there was some things that I didn't agree with necessarily. Okay. But I'm interested to talk about it more. But uh, it's, I know that it's really setting up season two, right? Like, to have the story go forward? Like there's still questions to be answered. Um, there's one question to be answered. Okay. Moving into season two. It is a bit of a cliffhanger. And yeah, it, 
but because that's but what I most I of heard. this story is resolved. Okay, um, everything that's really important. There's is only resolved. eight episodes, right? Yeah. So I'm only two behind. I just got no, seven there's and nine. Eight. I think. I think there's nine. Okay. There's so lots of I've got to watch lots three. and twists and turns to come. All right. Um, so yeah, Watchmen. Um, the other one I have been watching a lot more of is His Dark Materials. I've been talking about it. You have. It's just getting better and better and better. Gosh, you love everything. Um, I'm telling you, this show, you always tell me I hate everything. I know. <laughs> that was kind of the joke. <laughs> um, this show is getting better and more oh, oh, mature oh. as it goes along. Um, it's treading into some pretty deep territory now. Getting, uh, I don't know how many episodes, there's got to be not that many left right. of this season. I think I'm on seven or eight. That's an HBO show too, right? It's HBO, yeah. It, it starts off, the first many episodes are very... Um, uh, young adult YA. It's a yeah. YA book series. So yes. it's a very YA, like Hunger Games ish. Okay. Um, I read those. But as you get further on, it starts to take some really twisted, dark turns, hmm. which are not YA. <laughs> um, although I guess they could be considered. It's it's heavy, dark, challenging material for ch- for a kid. Yeah. Um, and it's. An intense, uh, dark, twisted adventure story, but not horror and accessible. I, I really, sure. I like the formula that they're going with here. Is it horror? No, I think oh, it's okay. more like a dark sci-fi fantasy. Um, but some really dark shit happens towards really? the yeah at the end of this wow. season. Um, and. The acting is all really good, um, except for Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, like you I said mean, last episode, he's he's not the best. You said he was terrible. Yeah, you he's said, gotten a little better, but not a lot. Okay, um, it just I feel like every time I see him, it reminds me of him as the chimney sweep in Mary Poppins. That's exactly what he seems like in this. That's what it looks like to me. It's um, like he looks like the same character. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, other than that, a lot of the other acting is really good and. You know, it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not Watchmen, right? But it's very, very watchable and very interesting. I'm really enjoying it more this second half of the season than the first half of the season. I feel like the first half of the season, there was a lot of like, let's get through this, let's get through this, let's get through this. Yeah. And now it's kind of paying off a little more. Okay. Um, I've watched a couple movies. I went to the movie Theater. Theater. And saw with uh, Cash on Monday. Mm-hmm. We saw Jumanji, the next level. You did? Yes. Oh, my gosh. that That's the one that kicked Frozen 2 out of the top spot in the yes. box office. It's making all the monies. It is. Uh-huh. Lots it's of doing money. doing very well. And for good reason. It's very good, huh? It's a very fun movie just like the first Jumanji. we love the first one it's a great movie i don't know that it's i think it's hilarious quite as good as the first jumanji but it's still very fun and it's funny and adventure and it's it's weird to me how i've followed this movie from creation to now and haven't seen it yet but because i've watched a lot of jack black on youtube because he has a channel called jablinski games and he put that out. His kid is like the producer of it. So he let his kid make a YouTube channel of him. And it was going to be a gaming channel. But the joke is, 
which I've said before on here, but the joke is, is that, uh, he doesn't actually ever play video games. So every week he's always like, sorry guys, no gaming videos this week, but it's basically just following Jack Black around in his normal life. And I find it really interesting because I like Jack Black. I like Tenacious D. I like the movies he's been in. And I think it, I think he's hilarious. And so seeing him like behind the scenes when they were filming this stuff of them, just like videotaping him all the time was awesome. Cause you'd see like the rock and, and, uh, Kevin Hart and, uh, my favorite, uh, Karen Gill. Karen Gill. Oh, she's so good in this movie. Gosh. She's better in this movie than the first one. She's great in this movie. Um, the, <laughs> Um, there's a lot of different things about this movie. There's more characters, first off. Yeah. In the game. So the there's a another woman in this movie and she goes by Aquafina. Is that the she's a comedian? Yes. She's really good. Really? Yeah. I like her. She's so though. strange. She's been in other stuff. She's like this. She was little, in Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, and... she's like a little Asian girl, but with like a Bronx, New York kind of accent. Yes, really raspy voice. Yeah, and she's she's really good. She's funny. She's thirty one years old. She's a year younger than me. Yeah, Isn't I like her a lot. But I just I liked her a lot in Crazy Rich Asians. But she's really good in this. I despise her name. Why are you going by Aquafina? It's A W K F I N A. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. It's anyway, like, I liked her in this movie. Um, also, Danny DeVito is in this movie. He's really that's good. Right here. Danny Glover is in this movie. He's really good. Yep. I liked a lot of it. There was some stuff I didn't like. Can I spoil it or should I not spoil it? I, I should better not spoil Don't spoil it. it. I want to see it because It's worth I seeing in love. theaters. Okay. So I might go this weekend then with the boys. And both of those of Jumanji movies, I'm sorry if you're a purist, are better than the original Jumanji movie. Oh, for they're sure. not. It's not even close. No, it's not. I didn't really care for the first Jumanji movie. I rewatched I, it late, recently. I mean, within the last year with the kids. It's not that good. No, it's really not. I mean, I like Robin Williams and all, but that movie's just weird. Yeah, it's not great. No. But this one is um, The Rock's great in it. Kevin Hart is just freaking hilarious. He's a really good, he's um, a really good actor. In Jack, Jack Black's hilarious. Karen Gillum is great. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. I... I, I I it was just a last minute thing. I'm like, I just want to go do something. Me and Cash, we never yeah. get to hang out. Yep. And I'm like, I'm just gonna pick him up from school and go. And we did, and we had a great time, and it's great. Yeah, that's fun. I need to go see it. I think we just like happened to cross the first one. I didn't even know it was a thing. Oh really? And then we ended up seeing it in theaters, and it was fantastic. Well, and you watched the first one in theaters too. Yeah. Oh man, we didn't. We just saw it on. We it was already out on. Uh, you know, streaming and uh, movie whatnot or DVD. And uh, we had watched it one night. Like all of us were like, let's watch the new Jumanji movie. So we picked it up, or got it off the TV and started watching it. And Amy and I were like cracking up. Oh, it's so like, funny. It is so funny. Like when they, when they first change over to their character bodies, you know, and are looking at each other, like the stuff that happens there is just hilarious. There is solid moments throughout this entire movie where I laughed out loud in the movie theater, and so did everybody else in the theater. Yeah. And there was a fair number of people there at 4.15 on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> and everybody was laughing out loud. Actually, the people behind me were laughing annoyingly too wow. much. But yeah. Did you turn around and do this? I did, actually. No, you didn't. I did. I actually threw some popcorn at him. Wow. You're something. I took a handful and I chucked it at him. And you're one of those worst people 
than just the annoying people laughing. You're like the obnoxious person that thinks everybody needs to bow down to your needs. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Wow. But Cash loved it, so I would uh, recommend a six-year-old up. Me and Grady, then. Yeah. So Grant can't go? Um. Yeah, Grant could go, for sure. Well, he's only five. Yeah, he'd be fine. Okay. I mean, there's lots of bad language. Do you care about that? Um, not too much. There's quite a fair amount of that. Really? Yeah. Like a bunch of F words? No. Getting thrown no down? No F bombs. A bunch of like F me and the A? Nope, none of that. None of that? Okay. A couple asses. A lot of goddammits. Oh, that's fine. Nothing Whatever. major. Um, And then I also watched X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> you did? Yes. Golly, I should have watched that by now, you'd think. Yeah, I bought it. Year a year yeah, ago, you bought it a long time ago. I remember you whenever saying it that. came out, I bought it and I'm like, Hey, I can't wait to watch this movie. I'm a big fan of the X Men movie franchise in general, but also like the last several. I've liked yeah. all of them. Yeah, um, I even liked Apocalypse, even though everybody hated it. So, break it to me. Um, well, I will break it to you. Yeah. Um, like for like the first, it's a, it's a weird movie, right? Okay, a lo- for a lot of the movie, I was sitting there thinking, like, This isn't as bad as everybody said it was. And then, mm-hmm. like, other times I'd be like, this is as bad as everybody said it was. <laughs> and then, like, a little later, I'd be like, it's not as bad, though. Yeah. And then later, 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 I'd be like, yeah, it's, but it is, no, it's though. Pretty, it's pretty terrible. Um, it's not terrible, first off. Let's get that out of the gate. It's okay. Just not, it's not terrible. Good. By any means. Um, it's probably on par with Apocalypse. It's, like, there. Yeah. Um, it's not great, by any means. Um, I'm pretty easy to please, really. Then you'll be fine with it. It's just one of those things that's like, it's fine. Yeah. You don't it's need nothing, to see it. It's nothing that was like groundbreaking. And I think people wanted something more because it was Dark Phoenix. Yeah, it's because it, the storyline and they wanted more. It, you don't even need to see it. Like if you just missed it, you wouldn't be out anything. Right. It doesn't matter. Other than the fact that like there's a Nightcrawler in it, which there hasn't been in any of the newer. The X-Men. newer ones. Yeah. And he's pretty good. Um, there's Cyclops, which there hasn't been in any of the newer ones. It's a, it's a more newer yeah, team. No, I don't think so. Yes, he was. Mm, no, I don't think so. When they land on the beach, I thought he was there. No, that was Havoc. It was his brother. Shoots it out of the chest. That's right. You're right. Um, I forgot about so that. So there's a lot of like, it's a little more updated of a team. Um, Michael Fassbender's great in it. I really, again, James uh, McAvoy is his name, right? Yeah. As Professor X, he was really good. Um, um, we It's a little of an odd for uh, Jennifer Lawrence, but she's she's good in it. Everybody's good in it except for the, you know, uh, Jean yeah. Grey, which is the girl from Game of Thrones. Yeah, what's her name? Sophia. Sof- no, something. it's... Uh... Sophie Turner? Sophie Turner, yes. She's not good. I mean, everybody was right about that. Really? She's, she's not. very not a great actor. Because she just kind of stands there she's and doesn't very say much. hollow, right? and like, it's just not believable the way she, she conveys very little emotion. Um, Which is what 
every part she got to do in Game of Thrones because she was like forced to not yeah. show emotion and most when I couldn't stand her in Game of Thrones. She so. wasn't that great. She yeah. shouldn't have got that. I thought it was just the character itself. Like you think no. it's the character because that's really the first thing you've ever seen it's her just in. Just not a bad, not and, a good actor. And then you throw her into another movie and you get the same thing from her, and it's like, mm, yeah, I guess you just suck. There's some really, really <laughs> fun, uh, really well done action scenes that are worth seeing. Okay, I think I like that. Um, I love X Men. Story wise, meh. And acting-wise, on her part anyway, very meh. Um, it's worth seeing, though. Just If you like to watch X-Men I do. action, I do. then watch it. That's why I've always been into it, and I just kind of forgot that the movie existed, to be honest with you. After a while, once... I think a lot of people did. Well, yeah, and after a while, once it's out of theaters, and you know, I never had a chance to go see it in theaters, didn't really think I needed to. You didn't. And then... And then it just kind of goes away because so much other content comes out. If there wasn't as much content coming out as there is, like we have now, um, I probably would have watched it already because I would have remembered like, ooh, you know, X-Men movie, I got to see that. And I probably would have seen it. But now with everything that just is like an onslaught of stuff that you want to see, that kind of stuff goes to the wayside when you don't. If it doesn't immediately catch your attention to something you need to see in theaters, it's not. It's not anything I'm probably. Well, gonna that's watch why it again. took me a year to watch it when I had it sitting. Right, and you have it physically at. Not home. even that. I have the digital copy loaded into my Fire Stick, so I just have to click a button to watch it. Really. And finally, I was home Sunday. I was really hungover all day. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was bad, I had, wasn't it? I had a rough night Saturday night. You did. Um, but anyway. So I watched it hmm. and hated my life and regretted, you were watching it. regretted every choice that I have ever made. I was in solid shape Sunday. Actually, I spent all day outside building a chicken coop edition. I cannot deal finishing a chicken coop edition with um, drinkers or like remorse anymore. Like I the know. depression after drinking. It's bad. And that's like a hormone thing, right? Like that's a chemical imbalance that happens. Whatever it is, it's, I've always had it pretty serotonin. bad. Ser- it's like a serotonin drop. And once you get that serotonin back, like you're happier in yourself again, but it takes a while for your body to like create that. And Joe Rogan actually talks about a supplement on his show that'll build up serotonin. It's not, I'm not saying like you need that to like, it'll help you drink more or anything like that. You know, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying Isn't when you that feel what that way, are? when you feel that way, it builds up your serotonin, but it's like a natural thing. You can put in a drink and drink it. Hmm. Well, I can't like deal with it anymore and it's just getting worse and worse. It's like something you just don't want to deal with. I just don't even want to deal with drinking anymore at all. Right. Like that Coors Light that's sitting next to you. Yeah, you mean like over drinking? And I get it. I get it. I I feel the exact same way. Well, doesn't everybody? Everybody has that situation where not everybody's the same way. Well, everybody has that time where they sit there and they're like, "I'm never doing this again." And that's more so from feeling terrible than mentally feeling terrible. Well, it's like right. It started happening after I got in my 30s, and now I'm 35, and my hangover. If I, I don't even think I. I don't even honestly think I. What was like that drunk, but it was like I'm st- I'm a three day hangover probably. Golly, three day bad. hangover. But my more of the issue than the physical hangover, which was bad. Yeah, 
um, is the depression and anxiety. Yeah. That it causes it for several days afterwards, and it just starts to kind of eventually peter out. But See, mine's not several days. My, <clears throat> mine will happen the day after, and it'll be well into that evening to where I'm, I kind of mellow back out to normal relatively normal. The next day after that, I'm 100% fine. I don't usually have any of that going on again. So the first day, I get like the, um, oh my God, I made an ass out of myself, blah, 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 blah yes. stuff yes. that everybody kind of gets, which you never do. If you're listening to this and you think that, you probably didn't. Okay. I would say on average, you're right. The majority probably have not. But there are times where people have probably made a complete fool out of themselves yeah but guess what first of all not that often no not that often but it if can you're listening happen. it probably wasn't you you probably didn't do that maybe like what you're feeling is a result of alcohol in your body yes it isn't that you legitimately went out and made an ass out of yourself more than likely you just didn't even do anything that out of the normal but you're feeling it because of the effects of the how the alcohol is having in it's your like, body yeah overly pronounced but on top of that, nobody else remembers for more than like an hour. An hour, yeah. Like, I'm not even saying if you're like around a bunch of other people that aren't drinking. Like, people just don't care about you. And now I'm, when well, I say you, I'm yeah. just talking to every individual this, viewers. Nobody cares about you enough that they're going to remember what you were doing like a day after it happens. To the point where they're like going to... like like Mike, like hone in micro, like analyze the whole night and say like, well, I was watching every part of your night and this <laughs> is what, what I mean. you've done the, wrong. What your experience is a narrative in your mind from your point of view that nobody it's, else has access to. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it is. You're exactly So, like right. those couple sentences that you said to that one person at 1030 at night at that one place, they don't remember that. You have actually been very good at uh, like building me up. After a night where we've been out and I may have drank too much, well, I'm very specifically do that for a reason. And and it's been and it's been like I, I'll say it to you, like man, what a mistake that was! Like wh- how ridiculous was I? And you'll say, no, not that bad. You're pretty normal. Yeah, it be- I'll be like, no, I wasn't. A because it's true. Yes, exactly. And B because I do that for a specific reason. All right, because everybody else you talk to lies to you to make themselves feel better and they will like to embellish a story to make it a story so my entire life people have done that to me and i freaking hate it yeah and i've tested it with friends of mine and i won't name any names where i have gone out all night long Uh uh-huh and had maybe two drinks been completely sober the entire night and then Mentioned something the next day, like, oh, man, I was really wasted, knowing that I wasn't. Yes. And then had them go, oh, my God, you made an ass out of yourself, blah, 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 blah. Friends of mine that have done that. Really? And I, I sat there and made a mental note. I'm like, you are not a person to be trusted. You are an embellisher, and you yeah. are a liar, my friend. Absolutely. I hope that wasn't me. No, I'm not. It wasn't you. <laughs> and like, I don't mean I'm it. I'm not going to name any names. I don't mean it in a way like, you're <laughs> a terrible person. You're a liar. You're yeah, like, I'm just it. saying, like. Why are you saying that? You're only saying that because you think it's cool to say that or it makes you feel better or it makes whatever. Maybe. And guess what? Maybe. I don't think, I don't like that. I don't like making people feel like that. I yeah. know what it feels like yeah. to be miserable and depressed. 
And I don't want people to feel like that. And it doesn't help the next day to be like talking to somebody that's already down and telling them what a shitty person they are. There's been multiple times in my life when I used to drink a lot more. Like I've, I've toned down drinking quite a bit ever since children have come around. And, uh, there, there was a time where people used to always tell me like, wow, you remember what you were doing last night? And it probably, I mean, I guess I can't say for sure that I wasn't a jackass. I'm sure I was multiple times, but it's just the point of like other people driving it home the next day. It just makes it so much worse. Well, and here's the thing about it though. It and I'm not saying true. it's good. I'm not saying that's good. Like if you were acting like ridiculous or. But uh, nine times out of out 10, of you normal. weren't. That's yeah. the thing. Like it's not true. Like, for example, you go out, you're having a great time, you're a little intoxicated, you're being the life of the party, everybody's laughing, we're all having fun. Yeah. And then the next day, to go and say, like, you made an ass out of yourself when you're like, well, no, we were all having a great time. We were all laughing. Like, yeah, yeah. I was laughing at myself. You were laughing at funny things I was doing. I was laughing at funny things you were doing. Yeah. We were having fun. Yes. That's the point. Right? Yeah, it is. Like we wanted to have fun. And we achieved that. And now you're coming and saying, like, for some reason so do that you I was being ridiculous. But do you feel like that's an after effect for them, those specific people after they drink? Like the they also feel that like some somewhat of like shame or guilt that they've drank so much, but they can point out someone else's Absolutely drinking. Like that's I know what they that do is for the themselves. Case because everybody's had that impulse to do that to somebody else, including me, including you. I'm sure you've had the impulse to do that to somebody else. To take the attention off yourself. Correct. Yeah. And that's why you're doing it. And I literally like make it a point in my life. And I do, everybody does it sometimes. I mean, you can't help it sometimes. And sometimes people are ridiculous. And, but I always make a point to be like, if they say something to me, like, did I do this? Did I do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But it was fun and it was funny and we were all laughing. Yeah. Like it's not a big deal. Yes, you've done that to me. And you were with your you've friends. Said, you've and said that like, to me multiple times. Isn't that the point of having close friends? Because you can be yourself even sure. when you're intoxicated. Um, anyway, I, I always try to make it a point to not be that person. It drives me crazy. And I know a lot of people that uh, close friends of mine that are that do that. Yes. And it drives me crazy. Yeah, that's rough. I I don't I just don't like that feeling at all. And it happens every single time now. And it's not, I'm not talking about blackout wasted. I haven't been blackout wasted drunk in years since I was probably 22, 25. Oh, I definitely have been since. (laughs) I I really haven't been that incredibly drunk. And it doesn't take much for me to feel that way the next day. And it's like, Honestly, it's just so ridiculous. It takes like four or five drinks to get to that. If I can stay under that, it's fine. It just, it's so ridiculous to feel that way when you know you've been in a, like you were saying, like you're with friends, you're in a very structured and like safe environment. environment, And then you go home and you're the next day still feel that way. Why would you, why? You know, like I didn't punch anybody. Right. Sounds like a pretty good night if I didn't, (laughs) not that I've punched a lot of people. I really haven't. I don't know. I mean, it just 
that I guess I could call it. That's um, something that stretches my springs. So if you're a oh, listener yeah, and you do spring, that, if you're one of those people stretcher. the next day that's texting all your friends, being like, "Oh my god, did you, you see Chris? Did you see Jerry? You're bad. You're a bad person. You need to stop. Doing kind that. of are. You need to stop doing that. It's it. It it really like there is maybe this isn't. I don't know. Me and you are agreeing that that's the way we are. Like with the feelings that you get after oh, you're gosh, drinking. Yeah. But maybe not not everybody's like maybe that. Maybe not everyone, yeah. So there's a lot of people that are like that, and it's really hard to hear that stuff. So I time. wasn't that way uh, earlier in my life. I didn't feel that way earlier in my life Same when I was here. younger. I didn't either. Well, I kind of always have a little bit, but it's definitely worse now. I really didn't. It's, yeah, it is so much worse now for me. And I, I guess I can't pin it down to a, a, an age, but I would say definitely from like 29 and above probably. But either way, it's it's happened more recently and it gets like worse every single time to where I have this anxiety. It's not necessarily depression. Like I'm not depressed. I'm just so like anxious about like what did I do and how do I need to fix it and what – what can I do to never do that again besides like not drink at all? Yeah. And then, but I just have this anxiety that like someone's going to find this out. Yeah. Like someone's going to find out what I did and I'm going to have to explain myself and it, it's all going to come down to like, I have a drinking problem, which I don't, but that's what I feel like is going to happen right. to me. And see, for me, I get like, there's a lot of anxiety for like the first day. But then it mellows into like a real solid depression. Okay. For so like the next two days. Two days. Maybe longer. Sometimes a week. Uh, really? Yeah. But I like that's such a long time. But I already have had struggles with depression sure. throughout my life. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I, I'm sure it it's be. chemical related. It, ha- it has I, to be. I don't really I, I, have any specific reason to be depressed in my life. So, right. I mean, I'm sure it's chemical related and you yes. know, it's a depressant. You're you're taking in a depressant. Yeah, you are. And when you're already prone to depression, it, it's probably worse. That's probably a negative. Yeah. So, But don't two negatives make a positive? Apparently not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> two negatives make just a bigger negative yeah, number. I think it just makes a worse negative. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm kind of over it. With uh, I mean, casually drinking, occasionally fine. I'm just kind of over like the whole going out and just like the purpose of you going out is to To drink drink. a lot. Yeah, like going out to a bar to drink. Just not something I'm interested anymore. No. Now going somewhere to do something and having some drinks, fine. Yeah. So I had this situation. Like, I don't just, even under, I can't even think of an, an there's not a lot of situations anymore where I'm even interested in going to a bar. I went out um what day was that? Friday. Yeah. So it was Friday night and you know, guy asked me to go out, a buddy of mine asked me to go out and I was yeah, sure, whatever. So I went out. Didn't have I had no intentions of staying out late. My problem is is like once I you know, once you get that feeling like oh yeah. You got a couple drinks in you and you're like having good conversation and I can talk to a frog. You yeah. know, like it doesn't matter who's sitting next to me. Especially if I've had any drinks in me. I can talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. Bring up anything and I'll 
not necessarily relate to it, but let's talk about it. And I'll talk all night long. Yeah. And like the next thing you know, it's like two in the morning. Yeah. And you're giving people rides home. I didn't get super drunk by any means. I was like very capable of driving. um, And I gave other people that were not capable of driving whatsoever rides home. Um, But still, I still had enough to drink to where the next day I was just like, gosh, why did I do that? Like, I didn't even need to stay out that late. I, did, I had no intentions of staying out that late. I did catch up with a guy that I went to school with, and he was in the Army uh, and was deployed. And we figured out that we were deployed in the same area at the same time, which I never knew to begin with, and he didn't either. But anyway, like there was a lot of good conversation there, but there's just like weird things that happened at the bar that I was like, I don't even need to be here to see this. Right. It just like it was a culmination of things that the next day I was just like, that was dumb. Like I should have went home earlier. Now, like it just. Now I didn't get enough sleep or exactly later than yes. I would have wanted. I wanted to do this in the morning with my kids. I can't do it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Not, it was not worth it to me. And I, and every time I know that. Going into the situation, I know I have that feeling, but I have this huge thing of uh, FOMO. You know what FOMO is? Uh, Fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just innately want to be involved with basically everything. Yeah. I think like everybody has that to a certain extent. I don't know. I'm definitely... I know a lot of people that are just like completely cool with being like, nope, going to stay in tonight. I don't need to be involved with that whatsoever. Yeah, I'm getting more like that as I get older. I definitely had exactly what you're talking about for the majority of my life. But the last like two years, it's starting to fade away. Mine is more and more. Like I'm now to the point where I'm just like, and literally I'm saying like really recently, where I'm like totally just like, nah, whatever. Yeah. And I think it has more to do with probably having three kids than yeah. anything else. Um Absolutely. And like, I find myself lots of times now regretting like, not, not that I don't spend a bajillion amount of my hours with my kids, but like, lots of times I'm like, I'm, I'm really not spending quality time. Yeah, sure. With my children, so yeah. I'm like, um, it's easier for me to pass up on stuff now. But there are, you're right. There are people. I would say like probably, like, um. I don't know. Uh, there's definitely people I know that are just like, I don't need to do anything ever. Like, whatever. Yeah. There are people <laughs> out there that just don't care about going places. And you've got to literally drag them out but in order for the them thing to is, be like, involved. This is going to sound weird, but like, like me and you have a lot of friends. Right. You know, and that's how you get those friends is by like being there there all the all time. The time. Yes. And I know a lot of people that don't do anything ever and never really did and just don't really have any friends. Yeah. I never want to be the guy that doesn't have any friends. I like friends. And it's because I like going out and doing things and being involved. But there's also something to that that I appreciate way more now, uh, the older I've gotten, is that there's a difference between having a lot of friends and having quality friends. Uh, definitely. So... Quality friends are someone that you can, like, you and I could not speak to each other for the next two months, and then on the third month... I don't think that's possible. No, it's not. <laughs> it's impossible because we wouldn't have a podcast anymore. But I'm saying, like, at, in that third month, we would be, like, fine. completely fine. Like, nothing's... What's up? 
there are other people out there that would be like, well, he doesn't care about me. He's not a good friend. And then oh, they won't like, yeah. I don't associate with those people. Exactly. Not at all. And that's what I mean. There are difference in friends. You're where, not my friend. If we're not seeing each other, like for the first time in a year and being like, we should totally hang out more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You wanna, we should, uh, we should get together. Sometime. And then I don't see him again for another year. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time. Yeah. Th- those are my good but, friends. <laughs> those are your good friends. Well, and the people I see all the time, but yeah. like, yeah, it's so, but what I've been like looking at more in my life is that I don't need to have 57 different friends to go hang out with because the most of them are just like that. It's like, Oh, we should catch up. And you, maybe you do, maybe you don't. And it's just like, well, that's kind of useless. I like think once you, when you get, uh, when you you're stop t- going, when you have a, when you settle down and you have a family, you stop hanging out at the bar all the time. Yeah. You realize quickly after that, that like there's a difference between friends and acquaintances. Sure. And there's a lot of people that you're sometimes extremely close with. Yeah. Like you feel like you're family with them. And then as soon as you stop doing the things that they're doing, it's, it's over. like over. I mean, yeah. and I, I, uh, Marley, Marley had some of that when, after we got together and part of it was, I was a little older, so I was a little out of that scene to begin with by yeah. the time we got together, but she was younger. So she was right in the middle of that. And she was, there's this period like through your twenties. There is where you have these people that you're friends with that you feel like their family, like you, you, they're your family. Like they replace your family. Yes. And <clears throat> It's like so intense and it goes away. And then you realize later on, you're like, oh, like those were just acquaintances. Yeah. So I was talking about like uh, the high school youth group that I'm a part of in Manuka. I've told a lot of students this like over the last few years. Don't like the graduating seniors. Don't get caught up in like the friendships you have right now with certain people to the point where it changes your direction that you want to go in life. Like do not make decisions based off of what you think a friendship needs to be because the majority of your friends in high school where you, if you stick around the area and you may have contact with them, it is not going to be the same thing. Because you have a friendship with them because you go and see them every day in high school and you have to be there together. But outside of that, when you're making your own choices, a lot of times people aren't going to choose you. So why waste your time? I would say that, yeah, but like the majority of probably my closest friends are like my friends from high school still. I understand that, but I'm I'm saying like, would you say all of the same friends you had in high school you still have as those? No, it's the ones. That, it's the ones that I was friends with in high school that I continued to be friends with the rest of my life. Yes, but the majority of them you could have. I had a ton of friends in high school. Oh yeah, I that don't, I don't. I don't see most of them. See much anymore, and we don't really have interaction with anymore. And it's just because you go a different way in life. Yeah. So the point I'm trying to make to them is like, don't think that. All of your friends are going to have, you're going to have this big, massive group friend rally together, you know, and when that doesn't happen, don't get super sad about it. It's just the way life goes, yeah. you know, but there are so many, it's usually females, like the girls just want to have that 
that big girl group that they've had in high school, they want that to live on. Those don't hold together. And it just doesn't stay together, you know? I and think it's like you make your closest friends through shared experiences. So whether it be, um, and, and just unfortunately, high school just isn't one of those. It is in a small aspect, but you're so young. Yeah. It's, it, you really form that through like your late teens and into your 20s, into your early and mid 20s. And the shared experiences being well, college is one of them. Like yeah. You generally are much closer friends to your college friends than your high school friends. Um, the military is yeah, one well, of those. I was it's a shared experience. War. Yeah. <laughs> um, work. Yeah, work. Is very much like that. So things like that. Um, even when you get a little bit older, um, family, um, yeah. that shared experience. Um, you know, I've made a lot of people that I was friends with before that I've become really close friends with just by virtue of having families at the same time. Yep. So... Um, like, I mean, dude, for example, I mean, is a perfect example, like yeah. one of my closest friends now. Um, and we've always been friends. Sure. You know, we hung out in high school and we hung out when I was in college and we've hung out since then. But when we all had kids, that's when we started really hanging out Absolutely. and that's when we became really close friends. So it's shared experiences that drive friendship and just high school is not really, I mean, there is that and you will make those friends and those are kind of. Those really close friends you make in high school are the kind that you stay friends with forever, but you can go years without talking to. There, You would think, like I, I had thought that there was friends in high school that we were, we would absolutely be friends, like really close friends forever to where we were hanging out, doing things, you know, regularly uh, that didn't pan out that way. Yeah. And then I think about like, man... Wonder what happened there. I had you know? friends and roommates in college, for example, and, not, and this goes against what I just said, but that you know, at the time, I would have sworn, you know, we're going to be the best man in my wedding. Yeah, and I haven't talked to him since yes. once. There are in yeah, fifteen years. I know, <laughs> I know, and that's that's the crazy part about life is that you never know the direction it's going to take you, and what ends up being more important is the time you have with the people that are close to you rather than having to try to reach out to someone else. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. spending the time to reach out to somebody else that you can't guarantee is going to be this lasting friendship that is like um, like uh, mutual, I guess. Like right. a mutual thing between both of you to where you can have that close relationship. So why am I going to take my time? And that sounds kind of selfish. I guess it, maybe it is. When you already have the quality of friendships and that like group of people you are hanging out with now, why do I need to like stray off and try to build another relationship with someone that you just had in high school that you thought or or college that you thought was something and it ended up being like we just have different lives, right. you know? And that's what it is. At the end of the day, a lot of times like you go one path and they go another, and it just doesn't meet, you know, because it's not the same trajectory, I guess. Right. So. That was a friendship talk. <laughs> Somehow we turned. Uh, I don't know how that excessive how drinking that. to that, and I guess the moral <laughs> of the story is: don't tell people the next day that they were being ridiculous. It is. That's the moral of the story. Just if you've all drank together, you've had fun, 
Leave it at that. Leave it alone. If be somebody cool. texts you and just says, be, "Just be cool, man." Yeah, just Come be on, cool. man. Just be cool. If somebody texts you and says, "Like I was a complete ass last night," just do like Chris does and say, "Meh." Well, I'm not, okay. I don't say that to make people feel better. It's the truth. Like most of the time, I feel like sometimes you've said it to make no. Feel most of the time, nobody does anything that ridiculous. True. Honestly. But I, I do think people can act out of place. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or out of so the normal. so what? That's the thing. Like, so what? Yeah. Like, people act out of place. And first of all, you got to put it in context. Like, okay, yes, you did that. But guess what? It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. And that you weren't around anybody that matters. Yeah. Or that no, you're that's... ever going to see again. So there's no reason for you to even think about it again. Or like... um and it didn't impact your overall life or life. If you like or... got hammered and like stripped down naked in a bar and ran around or like pulled a gun on somebody or like punched somebody. Yeah. Like those are real issues. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is definitely real. Like issues. you need to stop drinking. But if you just like, <laughs> if you're just saying like stupid, uh, you made a stupid joke. Yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's what's funny. Oh, <laughs> it, is. Yeah. it is um hey uh did you have any what you're watching <laughs> <laughs> no actually just i was trying to think of a bunch of stuff and i never wrote anything down earlier in the week to prepare for anything like normal uh the watchman is all i can really think of that i've watched because in the last week i i haven't been home in the evening or if i have been home somebody's been over um I really haven't watched much besides the that one episode of The Watchmen. Right. Well, we're going to go home tonight and watch The Last Mandalorian, and uh, I guess we'll wrap it up then. So if you are listening to this, next week tune in for our Star Wars review. Recap, we'll review. have spoilers, yes. so make sure you see the movie. You'll have a full almost three weeks, really, to see it. Right. Um, and it's going to make all the monies in the world, so you might it as well is. see it. Um, <clears throat> while we're on the subject, um, we have some podcast sponsors we need to shout out. We do. Um, Who are they? Uh, Johnson well, Farms. Yeah, Johnson Farms. So it's Johnson Farms and Johnson Trucking. Uh, it's basically the same thing, uh, but he does everything with his semi. He'll haul your house. He will haul your house with you in it. Yes, with you in it. Whether you're not, you're in it. Whether you ask him to or not, yeah, he's gonna haul your house somewhere. Like honestly, he's probably just gonna show up at your house, haul it away, and you're gonna like wake up in the morning and you're gonna walk out. You got your coffee maker; it's already on like the auto thing at like six o'clock in the morning. You go out and you can smell it. You're leaving your bedroom like, oh, I'm glad I I remembered. To put the grounds in and set the timer. There's nothing better than Folgers in your cup. You're just you like, know? I'm going to walk out here. I'm going to take a piss. It's still dark out. Yeah, of course it is. I'm going to go to the bathroom. It's I'm dark go all out. the time. I'm going to get my cup of coffee. I'm going to sit down and watch the WGN morning news. Yes. You sit down and flip your TV on. Nothing comes nothing. up. Nothing. Nothing would come up. No. Of course. You're like, what? wait, what's going on? Nothing's what? coming up. Your Google Home device is got doesn't have the weather up. Nope. Nothing's going on. And you're like, oh, shit, the power's out. Why would the power be out? Well, there's... That's silly. There must have been a storm last night. I've got a backup generator. Yeah. Well, but 
I don't know. Must have kicked out the backup generator. So you go look out the window, 65 mile an hour. Down Shoo. the road. Shoo. On Interstate 80. Interstate 80. Heading, Heading west. West. <laughs> to the Mississippi. And you are just confused at this point, right? Uh-huh. So you open. I would be you, you, very confused. You think that this can't be right. This Whatever, you're, you're still dreaming. And you know what you got in front of you when you look out that window? What's that? Johnson Trucking Peterbilt. <laughs> yeah. With Sean behind the wheel. You go open your front door, and what do you see? A headache rack. You, yeah, you do. You see a rack. You see the coral and or salmon color that I still haven't uh, clarified what it is. It's a nice-looking truck, though. Um, and he's hauling you away for a certain dollar amount that you would have to pay him. Yeah. So, you're, I mean, you're going to be relocated. Also, if you, you know, were looking for a position, you could have a semi-full-time, part-time position with Johnson Trucking, driving his truck for him, that he will pay you for. Yeah. Um, uh, because that is available. Looking for uh, employees to haul you and your house away. Yes. You, your house, your driveway, trees if you want, asphalt. Um, what else? What else could you I mean, haul? don't worry. He... <laughs> took your wife and children out of the house and put them at your mother-in-law's house. So they're still oh, going to make it great. to school. He just forgot about you. Right. And so you're being relocated, but he's well, taking care of all the details. Exactly. Except for the whole moving your house part of it. Well, like I mean, that's part of the, the gig. Yeah. You obviously hired him, whether you knew it or not. Yeah. You might have been in a narcoleptic state. You might have drank too much, really. <laughs> Here what we go. Back to that. And he's being a good friend and getting you out of the situation. Yeah. I mean, house and all. The next morning, that would be one of those mornings where I would say, you were being ridiculous last night. <laughs> yeah, you yes. sold your house <laughs> to a man in Utah and hired Johnson Trucking to pick it up and take it out And there. take it there. Yeah. Wow. Over the Rockies. I yes. tell you what, he is a it's, capable... It's a Mormon house now. Really? Yeah. Really? Was Isn't bought, that... Uh, it's bought by the Mormon church. A lot of polygamy there. Well, that's the largest landowner in the United States. The Mormon churches? Yeah. No kidding. But now they own your house, Jerry. Huh. And you know what got it there? Johnson Trucking. A Peterbilt. A Peterbilt. <laughs> got my Peterbilt rolling down Interstate 80. Uh, uh, eastbound down. Loaded rolling up, up and trucking. Loaded up and trucking. We going to do what they, they say can't, can't be, be done. done. We got a long, long way, way to go, go and but a short time to get there. We're eastbound. Just watch our bandit run. Yeah. Hey, and also brought to you by oh, yeah. Coors. Coors. <laughs> Not light. Should be the banquet beer. Well, right, the banquet beer. But it's legal east of the Mississippi now. Yeah. Or is it west? No, it's east of east, the Mississippi. East of the Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, we also have a podcast sponsor, uh, Seed and Top Show Pigs. Seed and Top Show Pigs. Um, if you need some pigs that you want to show. If you're in 4-H or you have a child in 4-H, uh, and if you don't know what 4-H is, it's an organization where people have animals and or projects. H's. Um, I pledge my hands for larger service. My heart, my heart for, for healthy living. I think so. My, my head, head for, for clear thinking? No. I don't remember. What's the other H? Head, heart, hands, 
Heine? No, definitely not Heine. It's Want to touch the, the Heine? Um, my hands for larger service, my heart for better living, my head for clearer service, my... Home? I thought it was my health. My health? My health for better living. Um, what is the 4-H pledge? No, my... Oh my God, we used to have this banner in our house. Yeah. I pledge my head for to clear thinking. My heart, my heart to greater loyalty. Uh-huh. My, my hands to larger service. I was pretty right on with yeah, this. Yeah, you were. My health to better living. Yeah. I for mean, my club, my community, my, community, my, my country, country, and my, and my world. world. And David Seentop's world. Seentop Show Pigs. The best thing about Seentop Show Pigs is you don't really have to do anything, and your child doesn't have to do anything. No. Pretty much you just pay him like a little bit for the pig and he does everything he will literally 100 percent raise and he'll probably just show it for you too show it he takes care of it solely on his own um you will have to do no work yeah whatsoever so if you want to like try to do a good thing for your kids and expose them to the larger world of agriculture but you're really lazy and you don't want to actually do anything yeah then you just pay him, and he does it, and it makes you feel better about you yourself. You pay Seed and Top Show Pigs, and he's going to give you a show pig that has a genetic line that is so on top of the show pig world that people are, like, groveling at his feet yeah. over his swine genetics. Yeah. You know? His They're ample like, hams. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen them hams? They're ample. They are a, they are cured <laughs> and ample. <laughs> And then speaking of seed and top show pigs, um, uh, he provided us with some pork. He did. And, and that's another other, thing you can also buy from him is pork. The other so, day, uh, we took out some pork chops, four yeah, of them from okay. the freezer and thought them out in the refrigerator. And then like one of those series of events happened. Uh-huh. The, these awful, awful series of events. Where you unplugged your refrigerator. No, and no. Where we just had too many, too many activities. And you left them in there for an extended period of time. And four days later, the pork chops are still in there. I say to my wife. They're thawed. The pork chops are in there. We need to cook them now. Like now. And then two more days go by. And then it's it's done. They can't do it after six days. Four pork chops. Prime. Grade A. Grade A down plus. The tubes. Man. What a waste. Devastating. Why would you do that on purpose? I didn't do it on purpose. I feel like you did it on purpose, just a slight thick our cut sponsor. pork chops. They're delicious. When you bite into seed and top pork, I'm going to tell you what. It's not the other white it meat. It bites back. It's like red meat. It is kind of like red meat. Like this pork is like a steak. It's it's wonderful. Get them thick cut, though. I would never get a thin pork chop. And the only reason for that is because you don't have that intramuscular fat in pork like you do beef. Yeah. To he, keep it tender. Here's another thing that I think people need to understand. You don't need to cook pork well done. No, you do not. That was a marketing scheme or something. You want to cook it basically the same as beef. People were worried that you would get like... Trichinosis. Trichinosis, yes. I think pork. the last case of trichinosis was from like... The 1800s, guys. As Come long on. as you can get it above a certain temperature. I wouldn't even worry about that. I like it still red in the middle, pink in the middle, juicy yeah. in the middle. Juicy. That's why you get them thick cut so you don't overcook the centers. When you get them thin, it's hard to not overcook the centers. Correct. You want it to be a little rare inside. I mean, you don't, for a thin 
like butterfly pork chop that you'd buy from the store or something. That's called or a like sandwich are, pork chop, and that's not my, that's yeah, not or my jam. You, they have a American cut pork chops as well that are just like, it's basically like you have the butterfly one cut in half, and like yeah. each half is like a thin little pork chop. Those you can literally put on the grill for like yeah. one minute aside, yeah. and it's done. It's and, like already over. And that's all, those are all about the seasoning, right? Yeah, they the are. The seasoning yeah. and the char. All right, but when you're cooking a real pork chop, a, big, a thick, like a one inch thick pork chop, bastard. Mm. When you're cooking like a one incher, one and a quarter, uh huh. You want it to be pink in the middle. You really do. I completely agree with you. It's a, it's a, it's a whole new world. A whole new pork chop. Um. All right. Well, that's all of our sponsors for this week. Um, for this week. We're not going to do sponsor advertisements every week. We're just going to rotate them in and out. Every once in a while. Um, but if you guys do want to um, sponsor our podcast, you can do that over at patreon.com slash snarfcomics. And uh, there you can get extra content. You can get um, bonus podcasts that are very entertaining. Absolutely. Script pages. Several of those podcasts. The next day, we've been depressed because yeah, we drank too much. That has been an issue. Chris... After the last one that was put out, Chris was uh, not on board with me posting. I didn't want it posted. It's too hot for TV. (laughs) It was. So that's why we put it on the internet. So it's on the interwebs, but only for paying subscribers. We also have exclusive script pages from uh, our first comic book and then also coming up for uh, Jetpack Samurai, our current comic book that we're working on. Current endeavor. That we will have finished up by the end of the month. By the end of this month, yep. completely finished. The script will be done. Done. I've been writing. Have you? You don't even know it. I didn't know that. Have you been in the drive doing Nope. That? Oh, just on your own, huh? Yep. Like under the radar, so I can't see it. Yeah. That's not fair. It's not fair to me. Um, but um, that will be coming out more of that, and we'll be doing some more exclusive podcasts. we got a couple to do this month that we haven't done yet. And... Um, if you are a subscriber at the $25 level, you get a bundle of snarf. Bundle of snarf. Or we send you interesting stuff that uh, I think you'll enjoy. We haven't sent those out yet. We don't send them out every month, but you get credit every month for... Absolutely. So the dollar amount of like what the box is going to be will just... Reflect the amount of months that you've been a Correct. bundle of snarf subscriber. Correct. And you're going to get them. Yes. Those will be going out. This month, guys, yes, very if, shortly. If you're a bundle of snarf, we've been kind of banking them to save on shipping. Really, to be honest with you guys, we don't want. We'd rather give you goods than spend fifteen, twenty dollars on shipping costs. Absolutely, because the shipping like, costs the shipping is like outrageous. Eats it up, man, really quick. So we'd rather spend money on stuff and put it in one box and send it to you rather than every month send you a little box that costs like minimum ten dollars to send. Correct. So, um. That's all I got for this week, Jerry. That's all we have, Christopher. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See you. <laughs>